it's been a long time since we recorded, but it's our regular two weeks. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff has happened. Who would have thought two weeks ago when we sat down to record that when we come back, the worst thing happening to uh, geek culture this week was not the opening weekend of uh, Ready Player One. I couldn't, but, um, have, I couldn't have foreseen that. Could you have foreseen that? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Did you guys see Ready Player we One? We have no. not seen Ready Player One. No. Um, I'm kind of on the uh, like on the verge of uh, like at this point. I kind of want to see it just to see it. But I read the book, or at least I listened to the audio book, and so I feel like I've served my time. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the audio book, uh, but it was mostly because. Will Wheaton was the one doing the reading. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, yeah, I can sit for 10 hours while I'm in the car or like doing other things and listen and to so Will Wheaton. And so all the, talk. all the creepy vibes didn't, didn't get it to you. Yeah. Not, not so much. It was, it was mostly, well, yeah. The, it, okay. The, the creepy vibes, apparently from what I understand of the movie are like way worse in the movie than okay. in the actual book. Mm. Um, this is my shocked face. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, okay. So. I, I was listening to this on another podcast, so minor spoilers for Ready Player One if you haven't seen it and you want to see it. And shout out to a better podcast. Shout out to a better podcast. This was on the Super Best Friend cast this week. Um, so they were uh, – basically, there, there's a plot point in the book where the the the, the lead female character, uh, the love interest character, um, Artemis, is like, like two things thirds of the way through the book there's this crisis point where like percival is like oh my god artemis i have feelings for you and so it's like okay it makes sense it's been built up because it's like okay they've been going on this adventure together for hundreds of pages by that point okay it makes sense like they've developed a relationship and artemis gets all flustered and upset and it turns out the reason is because she's like very insecure about her appearance and uh, which sorry, I did its, a very large eye roll. It's got which its works so well on a it's podcast. It's got its <laughs> own problems, but I mean, she is supposed to be a high school girl, and it's like you know they get. Teased. Isn't he like fucking twenty? No, they're both they're both high school. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He looks like he's like no, no. Well, the actor is yeah. yes, <laughs> but the character I mean, they look fucking old. The characters, Dawson, the Dawson. characters are all high school students okay. in in the actual book. Um. And that's, in fact, one of the big plot points is that the the first clue to the first key, at least in the book, I understand it's different in the movie, but in the book, it turns out to be a big deal because it is on the one planet that he gets to go to because it's where his school is. Because mm. people, like, go to school in this game and stuff, too. Um, so so that's kind of the plot point. Is she's, like, she's she's been teased about her appearance most of her life, and so she's really insecure, and she doesn't want to see what he doesn't... No, it's it's got its own problems, but it's still it's at least it's a thing that you can believe that someone might actually feel if you've developed a relationship with someone online. That like if they meet you and see who you really are, then like maybe they won't like you anymore. That is an actual Especially thing. if you've been using like a fake picture for yourself. The oh time. man. Well, it's not even not even that, but like Shout out to all those girlfriends that live in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> but like are real. Like they're totally real guys. Um but so that so that's like two thirds of the way through the book and it's a thing and it's, it's actually, it's built up and it's still problematic, but it's at least, it makes sense Are for the characters. Are you going to say it's, it's earned? It's not. Would uh, you go so far to say that it's I would not, earned. I would not go so far as to say that it's earned, <laughs> but I would go so far as to say it is at least, 
in keeping with the characters, as shallow as those characters might be, it is actually like okay. it's an established thing, and it kind of makes sense. And it's, it's so got where does payoff. it get creepy? Where so is the creepy in the movie? Point? It doesn't necessarily get creepy, but my understanding is in the movie. This happens, like, after Percival and Artemis have had, like, three scenes together. Art uh, Percival is like, I love you, Artemis. And Artemis is like, you don't even know the real me. And they show up in together. And, of course, it's a Hollywood movie. So she's, like, this incredibly gorgeous young woman. Um, they put her in slightly frumpy clothing and, like, put makeup on her face to kind of give her, like, a birthmark. That apparently on the, on the Super Best Friend cast, Pat saw the movie and was like, I didn't even notice it until they pointed it out. <laughs> like, it was so, because it's like, she's such an attractive woman <laughs> that it's impossible to notice these things. I'm dying. Yeah. I'm dead. I just, I can't. At least died. I fucking can't. At least died. Just, it's just a two-person podcast I now. I'm sorry, to, everyone. I need to, someone avenge my death by killing this trope. Of the, like, girl, she doesn't know she's beautiful. Sorry, I was trying to riff on some boy band singing that. I mean, there's a country song about yeah. that. But anyway. There's a country song. The... There's a boy band song. Yeah. God damn it. There was a fucking, like, Mozart concerto about this shit, okay? <laughs> like, but... this trope needs to die. No, it does. <laughs> and if, if hashtag resistance, <laughs> if hashtag pussy hats, if hashtag the women's movement... Does nothing fucking nothing else. <laughs> we need to kill the trope of the girl who, who's incredibly beautiful but doesn't know she's but beautiful. I, I mean, at least, at least in, in the book, that it is actually like okay, she does actually like she's she's average looking. Like it's not like oh my god, it's not like she's even. You're not a fucking saint for dating a girl with a C cup. Okay, well, like just. I mean, they're both. The thing is that they're both like in the movie. Obviously, Does they're she both have attractive. A zip? I don't remember. Is she fucking? 15? I honestly of course don't she remember. Has a zip. I don't remember. Right. Okay, it's been a long time. It's been like Sorry, a few years I'm since I read the book. Jumping down your throat. I just. I'm but very. It is. It is at least that they're both like they see each oh. other and they're like, oh, they 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 recognize each other's flaws and whatever. And it's like it's super shallow and mm. whatever. But it's like they don't look like you know Hollywood movie actors like the characters yeah. in the book. They're like, you know, but I think the guy's a little overweight because obviously, because he doesn't do anything but play video games all day, like that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. Yeah. The the there is also something else. Like I haven't read the book. Yeah. Like I think you're the only one that's actually. I, read I the again, book. I listened yeah. to the audio. Yeah. 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 Um, but I remember reading somewhere that there's some kind of like transphobic element in there as well. Like about like how he he doesn't believe that she's really a woman or something like that or and like I... she's. He don't leads a comment that. about, "What? Oh, are you actually a woman? Like one that hasn't had a sex change or something like that?" And it's uh, like I don't remember that. I I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But but the point I was trying to make, I'm sorry, I kind of we kind of got sidetracked there for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. The point I was trying to make is that was not the worst thing to happening. <laughs> what was the worst thing that what happened? Uh, so the worst thing I mean, was, it was probably the YouTube the shooting, YouTube like, thing. Let's be real, well, the YouTube sets. shooting, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was I was trying to be a little bit more. I know light you're like I'm that, sorry but... I'm sorry I just went there and I, I'm like I'm very sorry I, for the. I mean the, the thing that I was going to talk about was not it is not great or anything but yeah, yeah. it wasn't. I it have wasn't no idea that. what you're trying to talk about. Okay. Just say it. Okay. The uh, the channel awesome. Oh yeah, change the channel. Yeah, change yeah. The channel. That's been going on yeah. for almost a month now, hasn't it? Ha yeah. Has it been going on for that long? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, been, it's just going on. It's been going on for the I last it, couple of it weeks. It started for with sure. like. A Twitter thing, but mm -hmm. I think the the 
the Google Doc. The Google Doc sort is sort of really... manifesto. Yeah. is, is the Google within Doc the and, last week. And mm-hmm. Linkara leaving Channel Awesome. Yep. And yeah, that that stuff has been going yeah. on the last like week mm-hmm. or two. Yeah. Like, since we recorded. Yeah. I was following that when it first kind of broke, but yeah, it's really kind of started. It's kind of tied to the whole Ready Player One thing. It, it way, is to a degree. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's also, all about the passes that we allow white men especially and i feel like it's i feel like this is like a turning point like because to be real and to be fair you know i feel like white men taking advantage of other people in geek culture has been happening for fucking decades oh yeah Yeah. sure you know i mean like any you know convention not like any convention but like i feel like if you went to a convention like the 90s or the early 2000s like it was you know, there were creepy stalker guys mm-hmm. and not just like creepy stalker guys hitting on cosplayers, but also like people in higher up, people with power, people yeah. abusing their power. Like the whole steampunk world's fair. Yeah, I don't know enough about that either, but I, I feel like a lot of this is all kind of lumped into sort of white male specialness. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is what the, fucking ready player one is yeah i'm so misunderstood me cisgendered white male because i like geeky things like no you no (laughs) you're still you're still in a position of power you're still you're not i'm not saying that you're on the side of the oppressor but have you not chosen the side of the oppressed then you know you know where you are but anyway and so it's but yeah, no, like this I, has I, been I, going somebody, on for a while. Somebody cut me off before so, I start so saying. So Allison, Allison Prager, uh, yeah. I, I think that's how you pronounce her last name. I'm not sure. Uh, but wasn't she Obscurus Lupa? Obscurus yeah. Lupa. Um, we'll just call her Lupa for Lupa. short. Lupa. Uh, she had been going on about this years ago, yeah. and that yeah. when she was when she was uh, let go, um, that makes it sound so amicable. But no, when she was uh, when she was put off the site, um, she has been talking about this ever since. But kind of not until a white male person brought it up to her, brought it to her her Twitter. Um, did people start taking it seriously? Was when like these other I feel like was when these other white male, especially white male YouTubers. Well, that's kind of took I'm up not, the mantle, and then it's like, oh, yay, this no, is the thing. It, it wasn't. It know. wasn't white men. It was what happened on YouTube. Uh, what happened on Twitter was somebody. I don't know the ethnicity of the person asking okay. but somebody on on twitter had asked her about her time with doug jones and she took the opportunity to once again you know bring up all the problems that happened on set yeah. how she was abused by you know mike mashad um and you know yelled at for mid-rolls and, and how everything went down yeah and then it was uh it was uh mars girl that mm. came forward and she stood right. up and, and started it and then uh Lindsay ellis uh right. the nostalgia chick came and continued on with that and I'm so sorry, it was those I, three people i, I, I want to qualify my statement because i now i feel like i sound like a whole jackass i guess my to qualify my statement about white male youtubers is specifically if you go on if you go on youtube and you're looking at hashtag change the channel and maybe you know i feel like a lot of that's been propagated by um there, there, there are a lot of youtube personas okay. that have sort of like taken up the charge and i'm like hmm so okay. I'm like, I, and I'm like sort of dubious, but you know, I, I feel like it's been, you, you, it bothers me that we don't always just believe women when they tell us the truth. And, um, and I feel like a lot of times it's 
people. Maybe I just sound yeah. like it. Can no, we just like edit no, all of this out? No, I, I think. Let's just edit no, all no, of this no, no, out. No, 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 no. I think I, I sound like an asshole. No, because no, no, I think no, no, no. you're. I think you're. You do make a good point because I know at least it did not come onto my radar until Linkara left, and that's when it started like popping into things that I was watching. And that's when I found out about it. Now, of course, I don't really follow, like, Channel Awesome or the Nostalgia Critic very much anymore, like, yeah. in the last yeah. several years. I, I've kind of been drifting away from, from that corner of the internet. Yeah, so it came to my attention not from YouTube, so which is surprising because okay. I'm always on YouTube. It actually came through Twitter, the, yeah. the yeah. source of it, because I are... Our our Twitter our Twitter that which I always is me. we have yeah. yeah our Twitter follows both um, Lindsay Ellis and uh, 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 Linkara Lin uh, oh. yeah and so they both got into the conversation fairly early mm -hmm. this was actually even before Linkara left yeah he was talking in the the Twitter conversation about this before he left he was kind of considering it but it was around that time and then he decided to go ahead and just leave along with other people right but. But, like, it was at that point that I realized that this was going down. And, you know, I, I guess maybe that's my fault for following the Twitter. No, <laughs> but, it's not your fault. I mean, you're, but, you know. But I guess I, I guess I it, it since I was alerted to it earlier, or I didn't necessarily notice that it had gotten so big outside yeah. of yeah. Twitter. Because um, that's where I was getting the news and from. And there are, there are, like, a lot of YouTube personas yeah. um, I, that have, like, kind of jumped on this bandwagon mm -hmm. of... of change the channel. I don't want to call it a bandwagon because I feel like that kind of diminishes what's going yeah, on, yeah. which is basically like it's a, a bunch of people are, yeah, it's a movement. It's like people are saying like, hey, um, you know, change your this practices is, this is or change your practices or get the fuck off. And Should we take a moment here to kind of explain what the hell is going yeah, on? Yeah, let's people take a who moment. Maybe don't know what the hell we're talking about here. Um, All right. So to not be two white men talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to take this? Thanks, guys. Um, so basically within the past Two weeks. I probably know the least here about this, but I'll, I'll try to do my best. Okay. We'll fill you so, in this moment. <laughs> thanks. So basically, within the last few weeks, um, it's come to sort of greater light um, in addition to Obscura Luca, Luca Lupa is what she's been saying for years. Um, the Just the amount and severity, extent and yeah. severity of the abuse that's been happening at Channel Awesome. So you have the two brothers, mm. the nostalgic critic whose name is Rob, Doug Walker, Doug Walker. And, Doug Walker. and Rob Walker is his brother. Is his so, brother. so even to take this, I kind of want to take this even a further a step back because I, I have no idea who's listening to this right now. But in case you have no idea what we're talking <laughs> about, um, Channel Awesome is a content aggregator up on the internet. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Mike Regatta, for, uh, yeah. <laughs> for for always giving us the pirate. Yep. Content, anyway. Content. Um, for, from the early, early, early days of online reviewing, before Two YouTube was really a really big thing. 2009. 2009. There's sort of the reason why, like, uh, a bunch of copyright issues came to light mm. in uh, the early days of YouTube. Because, like, the early days of YouTube, I hate this comparison, but I'm The just Wild say, West of the it Internet. It is the Wild West of the Internet, but, like, And way... that people were shooting each other for some reason. <laughs> No, that's Facebook Live. That's oh, yeah. the early days of Facebook Live. Oh, God. Yeah, um, that was. Holy yeah. shit. I forgot about that. So basically what happened is you started having a bunch of people. There was kind of a couple of different categories of things going on. Um, people sort of posting copyrighted material, mm -hmm. um, just putting it on YouTube for other people to see without having to pay for it. Um, and then there was this other camp who were using copyrighted material 
for review purposes. And they were trying to say that they were trying to basically exploit the shit out of the um, fair use clause, uh, so the I satire. I don't know if it's necessarily use. super exploitative of it. Okay, there, there you did not. Uh, okay, never mind. Well, we'll. What, what, no, what, no, yeah, I, what, I was gonna, I was gonna say like, and some of the other YouTubers have brought this up, is in the early days, like, um, who's the music reviewer from Channel Awesome? Todd in the Shadows. Todd in the Shadows, like Todd in the Shadows would play entire song clips in his reviews. It's like to, and then, you know, you didn't have to go see the room after watching the Nostalgia Critics review of the room. Like he. Mm-hmm used so much of it and he sort of rose the nostalgia critic kind of rose up as this like you know crusader of free use and i'm using this as satire and you can't silence me and blah 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 so he's trying to start this movement all the while totally exploiting particularly the women that were underneath him um and as part of this group so basically nostalgia critic um youtube is like no you can't use like you're really kind of teetering on the edge of exploiting this fair use clause which i yeah i would i i see that there's a solid argument you know if i was tommy wiseau i'd probably be kind of pissed off but i'd be pissed off because i'm timing wiseau um but you know they were you know especially with like todd in the shadows using entire songs in his reviews and people because then it's like after that point there is no need to go and find this material if i know everything that has happened in it if I have a complete understanding of this material, I no longer have any incentive to go purchase this material. Well, if you want to just go on Pirate Bay and... Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the Nostalgia Credit's pretty flimsy argument was that he's giving... He is basically giving a bunch of free advertising to these movies and these artists, which is just fucking bullshit. Like, you, I'm sorry, bro. You were never reaching... Like, he had a pretty wide audience for the early days of YouTube. But, like... Shit like Charlie bit my finger also had a really wide audience in in the early days of YouTube. So I'm not I'm not buying this whole like I gave you guys millions of dollars in free advertisement. I'm like, shut up, bro. Oh. Anyway, um, so in the kind of midst of this, in the freer use debates of the early days of YouTube, um, they decided to go off. Well, we're gonna go buy you know make our own site with blackjack and hookers, and which. So so they decided to create Channel Awesome, which was hosted on blip.tv, which wasn't really the same as YouTube. It was more sort of like a a navigator it was, to... It was YouTube. It was In the early days of YouTube, it was kind of a competitor to YouTube mm-hmm. until I think it was Disney Maker's, bought it. Maker bought it. Maker bought it? I yeah. Thought, okay, I no, thought... Disney never got its hands on it. No, it was... Um, Someone bought it and then shut it down because yeah. of all the con, like, like all, yeah. the, all right. of the. Uh, well, it's because it, yeah, it wasn't making a profit. No, no, no. Someone bought it and shut it down mm-hmm. because of it was because basically Blip did not care if yeah. you were hosting things that were copyrighted. Yeah. yeah. The um wh- because it it wasn't Blip didn't really because I think the I think the way Blip worked and it just hosted wrong, it. It just well it just hosted it and it also was like basically like you could search for videos and then that. If you clicked the video, it would take you to a link to a different website. So it was like that was kind of that's, their way of that's what, washing their yeah. hands of we are not doing any copyright infringement. Yeah. It is all of these other assholes mm. you need to get, you need to kind, kind of, like of come after. It, it was unlike so, so you guys know what YouTube's like. You go to YouTube, yeah. you type in a search engine, you want to find what you want to find, and you find it. Blip, you couldn't really do that. You, what you did is that you embedded videos on someone's website. 
Yeah. That's what that's what that guy with the glasses.com was. It wasn't even called Channel Awesome yet. Yeah. It was called that guy with the glasses.com. Yeah. And so you could you could do, you know, what you wanted to on Blip and they would just host it, but they weren't actually the site that you went to. Right. So Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So um okay, so basically they're going to go form their own YouTube and it's going to be much better because, you know, the content creators are going to be the ones who are who content. are <laughs> um, the the content creators are the ones that are going to like do the management and the content creators are the ones that are going to you know enforce the rules and the content creators and the content creators and that's kind of what what happened and then they sort of like much much like the pigs and the animals at the end of animal farm <laughs> they they looked from the pigs to the humans and could not tell the difference between the two um, and they just kind of became really shitty. I mean, they didn't became, they, I'm sure they were always shitty exploitative assholes. Only now somebody gave them a bunch of fucking money to go be shitty exploitative assholes. And now we have Channel Awesome and all the wonderful things that have come out of that. So, so to, to pick up where you left off. Yeah, go um, for it. So, I am so done talking. Okay. <laughs> so what happens in that is... They invited a bunch of people to come and make videos on to be hosted on their website. And most notably, sorry, just to butt in. Most notably, the nostalgia chick to review things that the critic didn't want to. Because you know, that's hashtag feminism. Yeah. All right. Go so ahead. yeah, so they had they had like a contest to see who would be the quote nostalgia chick unquote to do exactly what you said uh and they they brought a bunch of people on there to review different aspects of media like they had one person they wanted to review comics books and that was linkara and they had one person to review music that was taught in the shadows and they the whole shtick was that they had no, no shtick that was that was the thing that they wanted it to be uh, but then over time these creators started to develop their own personalities and their own shows and whatnot um, other per other persona personas personalities, uh, including Spoonie, and, you know the Spoonie one, yeah, kind of joined in. And I, you know, looking back at it with the rose tinted glasses of nostalgia, right? It was fun to watch these guys yell at, I mean, at the internet for we hours. We recently kind of went through the whole back catalog mm -hmm. of Lindsay Ellis, yeah, and it's, and it's kind of an interesting idea how they sort of they feed into each other's and there's this whole feed into each other's videos and there's this whole sort of like the crossovers and crossovers and there's this whole backstory going on mm -hmm. and there's like this like weird love triangle between like i think it was the loop was it lupa lupa Lindsay, and, and todd in the shadows um and all these things were kind of interesting and mm -hmm. and unique in the, themselves yeah. and, and which led to uh, i was gonna say and some of yeah. them had like whole storylines like for example Lim linkara uh, yeah. who still does this, has this whole kind of not just reviewing comics, but also is telling a story and has been doing it for 10 years now yeah. and would involve other characters in it. And then they turned this into the anniversary specials. Yeah. So in the anniversary specials, they would get everybody together, they'd fly them out to Chicago or wherever, and they would do a film. The first one was a the epic brawl with uh, yeah. versus, what was his name? The, the Angry Video Game The movie. Angry Video Game Nerd, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the second one, they went out to this tiny micronation in the middle of the Arizona desert. And yeah. filmed a skit out there, and Called then Kickassia, Kickassia, yeah, and it was it was kickass to watch at the time because like all these people are all together in the same Wait, place. Is that the second one was suburban suburban Nights suburban nights was one. the third one. Third one, okay. Yeah. First one was the brawl. Second one was Kickassia. Third one was suburban nights, and that's when they started to up the production value of it. 
and uh, not craft services. Yeah, we'll no. Get to that in a hot second. No, that that actually was not even available for Kickassia, which yeah, when you're filming in the desert and you don't provide your actors with water, fucking food and water. <laughs> And I love how, sorry, we're getting on a side tangent. So Lindsay Ellis is, was a film student, um, has, I believe, like a bachelor's and a master's degree in film. Is like kind of a, like a, a credible filmmaker in her own right. And she was just like, um, so what about craft services? And apparently Doug Walker laughed at her. Yeah. And was like, princess and and then like when another man in the group it was spoony, spoony yeah had to be like no that's a legitimate like, thing it happens even on student. even if you go to student film sets like they had to give you fucking pizza or something like that's like that's the level of yeah. shit broness so even that, that with. even that early you had issues with with uh not How do you believing not fucking women? give people water if you're filming in the goddamn desert <sighs> So know. like it 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 reached like Wazoian like proportions where at the at one point somebody apparently even fainted on fucking set yeah because they didn't have anything and they didn't think that they needed anything yeah they they tried to get a little bit better for the second Jesus. anniversary anyway. of suburban suburban nights and then the fourth one was just a shit show uh, it was four hours apparently to boldly flee yeah yeah, yeah. it was four hours long it they filmed it in like. 12 days which is insane. They had a rape scene in there. They had a rape scene that both the that characters played for laughs. Yep. A, a, a comedic rape scene that both the characters involved opposed vehemently. Yeah. And didn't uh, know about it until yeah. like three days before they were going to go start mm-hmm. shooting or something. Yeah, that was Linkara and All of this is Lindsay in Ellis. the Google Doc, yeah. which maybe we'll link to in the show notes. I mean, if you haven't fucking seen this shit yeah. by now, yes, I don't there, know. There's some pretty crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Um, the, the real <laughs> kicker for all this is that... Um, the non-apology. Well, no, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay. The real kicker of the um, of the anniversary special. That's the uh, Kickassia kicker. Uh, okay. Is that for regular videos, what they would do is, you know, they would be able to make the video, they'd have the ads, and they'd get the ad revenue for their regular videos. But for any crossovers filmed during the ki- during the the cross during the event during the anniversary specials, like not just the ones that where they um, were in the film itself, but for like anything that happened at like. Around those twelve, around those days, twelve or fifteen days or whatever, yeah, yeah. that they're all together, and it makes yeah, they those, would not, it, they would go and film these crossover mm-hmm. episodes because everybody's in the same space at the same mm-hmm. time, so it makes sense that they would all go film an episode together. But during those ones, they weren't allowed to collect the ad revenue for it, which is fucking stupid. <laughs> because quote to offset the costs of the production, they need to take their ad revenue for those crossovers. Yeah, which is yeah. Um. So, but yeah, it was after after the shit show that was to boldly flee. They said no, we're not going to do it. And it was at that point that Doug Walker actually retired the nostalgia critic as a character, yeah. right? And didn't sort of tell anybody. Implied that like it kind of left everybody else's futures in limbo, and mm-hmm. it seemed to a certain extent it was like well, you should probably also think about getting a new character, or you know, it was. It was a very confusing time for yeah. people in the in the site because they didn't know what what to, was going to happen next. So the shitty, kind of one of the major shitty things that comes out is, like, then these people become the flag bearers mm-hmm. of, not, not going to say, like, the, the flag bearers of the YouTube standard, but at the same time, it's like, oh, well, if that guy with the glasses or Channel Awesome or if they got away with this, so can I, and I'm here to tell you, no, you fucking can't. Yeah. The, uh, Don't even think about it, you little punks. <laughs> anyway, the, um, go on. 
Yeah, it was it was a little bit after that time that uh, Blip kind of went under, and and you were right. You were saying it was Disney that bought it. It Dis- was Disney that Disney bought it, bought yeah, it and shut up. it down. Um, but probably as like a favor to Google or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm sure there was some back back. But it makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. if people are hosting your your content for free and they they don't mm-hmm. give a shit if you shut it down or not. You, I mean, yeah. you know. But the um, mouse the mouse knows what it wants. Yeah. Then uh, people started moving back to YouTube, and they were able to regulate themselves a bit better and be able to kind of put up their videos on yeah. YouTube. And they started to realize that, well, at this point, we don't really need Channel Awesome. And it was in this kind of in-between period that some people started leaving, including um, Obscurus Lupa. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, I, I hate saying that name because I don't think she's actually gone by it in ages. Um, yeah, I think that nowadays it's just it's just Allison, Allison, yeah. something, yeah. and then like she's on uh, the, the, her YouTube channel now is like Movie Nights, I yeah, think it's called, yeah. But uh, but Allison was um, fired for being away from the keyboard for fifteen minutes, yep, yeah, uh, because she had something about Patreon where she wanted to advertise Patreon, and the CEO did not want that to happen. So this would be a perfect time to talk about Mike Michaud. Yeah, because he's really the one who bears the brunt of what's yeah. going on in these documents. I mean, yeah. yeah, him and and what's his face, Ellis. Uh... So apparently, their HR manager, he like went and harassed the HR manager into like, um, she, he was trying to get so Mike Michaud. Mike Michaud. Let's start with who Mike Michaud is. Okay, so Mike Michaud is. Mike Michaud is. The CEO of Channel Awesome, who owns the rights to the Nostalgia Critic as a character. Yes. <laughs> I always forget about that part. Yeah. What does he like, do? How are you that fucking stupid <laughs> to sign the rights to your character away to this asshole? Because now it's like, you can't, you cannot fire this asshole mm-hmm. or else you're going to lose the Nostalgia Critic. Hey, guess where you get a lot of your fucking money from? Your, all of these fucking videos that you did as the Nostalgia Critic. You're and, stupid. And what I'm is sorry? What I is? Mean, maybe I should, I, no, I'm not gonna walk that back. If no. you're walk, if you're listening, Doug Walker, you're fucking dumb. Uh, you're fucking dumb. Yeah, but dumb. Uh, but yeah, what does he do for the site, guys? Uh, apparently nothing. Yeah, he, play, he nothing. plays Xbox all day. He's supposed to be he's supposed to be the CEO. We're using that term yeah. li- really loosely. Well, I mean, but, legally speaking, it's a company, yeah. and he is the CEO of it. But he does he does nothing. He, he sits does, on his ass. He plays with Xbox, and he harasses the HR manager. Yeah, well, he harassed the HR manager until he fired her. Yeah. Um, and then for being like having a surgery, like yeah, she, she got fired like the two, day after the day after, the day she, after she had yeah. surgery and had to drive into work. Mm-hmm. Uh, against doctor's orders. Yeah, because she had been doing all the HR stuff for everybody because no one could contact Mike. Nobody so wanted so to. Everybody went yeah. through her. Yeah. Nobody... Which, honestly, if you're in a fucking company, that's kind of how shit works. Yeah. If you've got a problem with somebody, you go through the HR manager. Like, you don't. Right, you know. but the HR manager was had to be available every single day fucking of the day. year, yeah. including holidays, including week. No day is needs to be off. Every day needs to be a day for this HR manager being the only person to communicate to at all. Um, and she put up with it for years and then was fired unceremoniously. And then they withheld her severance package until she signed a... Uh, I, I, I feel like non-disclosure agreement is the wrong term no, here. But basically not. they were withholding her severance pay until she signed something that said she would not work in the industry for three years. Yeah. So now like her entire fucking career has been... I can manage the shit out of some um, 
out of like YouTubers and internet content, media companies. And it sounds like she was actually pretty good at it, even yeah. though she was working at a shit show. Yeah. And she could not work in that industry for mm-hmm. three years. Yeah. I'm like the, you, the, you basically crippled yeah. her economically. So, yeah. So Mike, um, Mike Mashad and the other, the other COO, the chief organizational officer for a time was, uh, Mike Ellis. Yeah. It was this you made a face oh, like you I was gonna to say, um just as a side note, um, I don't remember if this was after before or after they fired her, but at one point they got so afraid for her safety that they took her to a quote safe house, unquote. Mm, yeah. And like so like the fucking nostalgia critic Yeah, this this was had like a a baseball bat and at one point like nice. Mace. Oh, and he maced himself to see if it worked. Oh, my God. No, this was because of Mike Why Ellis. Why did you go to the police? Was that I'm a, sorry. Was that I'm a sorry. No. 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 This fucking <laughs> happened because these people are fucking stupid. <laughs> if this shit happens to you, you go to the police. I know that's like really easy for a disembodied voice from a podcast to say, <laughs> but God damn it. Trust only your fists. The police will not help you. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Just... just so so Mike Ellis is the reason why that happened. Mike Ellis was the the COO of Channel Awesome, and he was a whole other bag of worms entirely. He was apparently no relation to Lindsay Ellis. No, not, none um, at all. Yeah, uh, but he was the guy that had basically like sexually harassed the everyone. 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 He was married and he yeah. sexually harassed everyone. Men, women, doesn't matter. He would call you up on Ducks probably he, allegedly. He would send you Skype messages asking you about what your sexual fantasies were at like 3 a.m. and when when Mike Ellis And then you'd go to the HR manager and be like, "This is a thing that's happening to me." I'm like, "That yeah." It's happening to her too. Uh but um <laughs> But then, but then uh, Mike Mashad was contacted about this, and uh, his response was, "Oh fuck, I told him not to do that again." And uh, it t- took him like a year to fire him. After- and it's unclear whether or not he was actually fired for Be- that reason or just for th- unrelated no, reasons. I think it was because he was fired for embezzling. Was he really okay? Yeah, he, that's, he that's embezzled money from the company, oh and he was fired for that. Jerks. So, so that's one of the the three people. The other one was uh, Bagrov uh, Dom uh, Dom. I can't pronounce his last uh, name. Uh, but the guy that played Mati, uh, he was oh, also yeah. one of the um, one of the head honchos at Channel Awesome. Yeah, and he left for unrelated reasons. But then it was just Mike uh, Mike Mashad, and Mike Mashad is. A bully, to put it lightly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want mildly? You want to put it mildly? Use, loser. Use, useless loser bully. Yeah. Useless loser bully. His... Yeah, they happen in the geek community. Yeah. yeah. This is something that I really love. Is this like goddamn idea that bullies don't exist in the geek community, and that's so not fucking true. Okay. Just because they also enjoy the media that you consume, just because they like the same funk pop. Co- whatever you, you, whatever the kids are into Funko these Pops. days okay this is like me being a crotchety old lady but like that doesn't mean that they're not bullying you it doesn't mean that they're not abusing you it doesn't mean that they're not being really shitty human beings like you can be a geek and still be an asshole yep and i feel like that is something that is not and i don't know maybe maybe like this upcoming gen z generation has grown out of that but i felt like that was like a huge problem 
in a lot of the geek circles that I ran in when I was, you know, a high schooler and in early, early 20s was there's this, like, really super pervasive idea that, like, you know, your friends are never wrong. Your friends can never be bullies. They're your friends. And it's like, well, sometimes your friends are fucking goddamn assholes. Yeah. yeah. You know? Anyway. But, that was, like, my side note. But, yeah. Trust so, no one, children. <laughs> so, Mashad would would basically get you alone and, and yell at you and till you cried in the bathroom which is what happened to uh allison uh and and then would never apologize for it and this kept going on for years and so allison left um phelan who was another content creator content uh, who i believe is engaged or at least dating uh allison at the time they left spoonie got fired for unrelated region or fired slash left he, he 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 wasn't fired he left he left he he was put on suspension mm-hmm. for also being kind of a shit bag. he was being kind of a shit bag and he now nowadays he or i guess she now no that was a it, I, I don't know if i told you that but yeah that was a that was a spoonie's been suspended from twitter okay. from no he's back. like no no he's no i follow him that's a it's a it's a parody account? it's a parody account oh, okay. i'm pretty sure um, because I'm pretty sure I, I'll I'll look at it again, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw that he his account is still, um, is still suspended from Twitter, like the actual one. Yeah, but I think Spoonie created another account, and that's what we're following. All right. Okay, I don't I don't care. <laughs> go, go, go on. Regardless, go on. Uh, Spoonie um freely admits nowadays that uh, that he was being an asshole at the time, uh, and is seeking help, like medical help for medical issues. Um, but regardless of that, it, they took him a while to respond to that issue as well. And just issues of women not being believed by the company uh, or being believed by the community for all of this shit that went down. Yeah. Like, you know, Allison left or was fired and people came after her for being, I, I guess, a victim. They were victim blaming. Yeah. Um, and which just, kind of goes to like how we started this conversation, yeah. which is. About this whole thing about we don't really take women seriously until men start echoing their sentiments, mm-hmm. you know. And I can say, like, in a professional setting, like, yeah, that's totally fucking happened mm-hmm. to me, too. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's it uh, it's finally come to a head. And, um, you know, Mars Girl and Allison, and I, I need to remember her name. Uh, I need to remember all these people's actual names. Because calling them by their internet handles now is kind of cheesy. <laughs> You were yeah. told like not to use your real name on the internet. Yeah, man. But like, if you're trying days. to make a professional career out of it, yeah. And nowadays, you want to be professional and not go yeah. by you know, XXX, bloody tears six six six. With the with the O's as zeros. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. The three the uh, so, tears with a three. So I feel like we need to we need to wrap up this conversation. Yeah. But it's you know go go on YouTube. There are lots of videos about yeah. what's going on. Or go on Twitter and search hashtag change the channel. Or read the fucking goddamn Google document. Yeah, read that, that document. that shit is insane. In, insane in memory. Shit's wacky. And also, if anybody is treating you like this at work, talk to your HR manager. And if your HR manager cannot solve it for you, you need to fucking leave. And that sounds like I really like, you know, just, just go put on your job pants and go find a job. But it, it's not not you know, always possible. It's not always possible, and it's it's certainly not easy. But if you are able to, you should leave. If it if it is if it is a it is a if it is an opportunity that is available to, available to you, 
you do not have to be bullied by your coworkers. You do not have to be bullied by your management. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay. That's not professional. And, and it's not acceptable. And the worst part of it is that there was no real legal recourse because, legally speaking, they were not employees of Channel Awesome. Because they were uh, contractors. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, which was also how... Okay, sorry. Complete side note. Which is also how stripping works. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that for another time, kiddos. I did not know um, that. But yeah, yeah. If, if anybody wants you to be, just don't don't be a contract worker if you can help it. Anyway. Anyway, so <laughs> that that was um... hashtag. I was never a stripper. Okay. Just <laughs> I just want to get that out there in case there were like rumors afoot. Like, no, I was never a stripper. I'm just. Saying. Just you know. I just I know strippers. You know the legal you know. stuff about it. It's, okay. it's interesting. It's fascinating how people screw over other people. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, so that was something that happened in the media this past couple weeks. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about some things that we all did together this past couple weeks. Yeah, cool. some things that weren't as terrible. Mm -hmm. Yay! So where do you guys want to start? Do you want to start with the super cute one, or do you want to start with the space one? Uh, let's start with the super cute one. All let's right. start with the super cute one. All I right. agree with that. Change, change a tone from... Yeah. Yeah, so now for something completely different. Um, we're going to talk about Raspberry Heaven. Yay. Oh, man. Okay, so this game... Uh, Alex, you found this game, so why don't you tell the people about it? Yeah, and I, ta I talked about it a couple of podcasts ago that I had found it, and it, it's by the person... Um, that that did the translation for Golden Sky Stories. Yay! Which we also played some of. Yeah. Um, Ewan Clooney, I think. I, I could be pronouncing that way uh, wrong. But anyway, the um, the the person that uh, that made or translated Golden Sky Stories made this card game where you it, it's calling it a game like it is a game. It's a, it's a it's an RPG. It's a tabletop RPG. Yeah, but it is super light on rules, and it's essentially is. Um, it's more about the. Um, never mind. I'm sorry. I'm cutting you off for no. No, reason. no, no. Because no, I'm I'm struggling to describe. Okay. It. Um. You know what? Raspberry Heaven is kind of like a more fun version of all of the games you were forced to play in drama. <laughs> uh, Those were already super fun. What are you talking about? <laughs> um. But Park Bench is great. <laughs> You shut up with the park bench. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I just had some severe flashbacks uh, to, to a different time in my life. Anyway, so Raspberry Heaven is um, basically like you have different characters that you can play as, and then you are there different cards with different situations. You draw a situation at random. It's kind of a framework of a story. And you sort of use what you know on the characters to tell a story collectively through dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, there's no point scoring. There's no game keeping rules or whatever. It's pretty much just, you know. Have fun. Have fun and enjoy this yeah. kind of conversation and enjoy the storytelling. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Uh, you a know, as adults, we really don't, like, value play or put play into our lives. So I found, like, it was a really interesting... It was a really interesting way to kind of get in touch with your creative self and to get in touch with that sense of play, which, mm -hmm. you know, is important to kind of keep with you. Man, I am on a lot of soapboxes <laughs> this podcast. I am, I am sorry. That's fine. That's uh, fine. I just, I got to dole out some life advice. Yeah. You know, I'm 28, basically dead. Uh, <laughs> listen to me now, my children. Um, 
my crypt keeper. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, we, but yeah, it was, it's, a, it's a really fun game. So the two sessions that we played, the first one was a cooking. Yeah. Uh, we drew the cooking card. Yeah. And we are, we're all playing as like high school girls. Yeah. And there is a bit of randomness where each character has like a table, like a, a D12 yeah. table of a random event happens and you can do this once per scene. And the scene yeah. is the card. Is the card. Um, and so Which that, I got very confused by because I tried to like roll multiple times and everybody was like, no, stop that. And I'm like, what? what? Yeah. But yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the first one was the cooking scene. Um, so in the cooking scene, it was the three girls. So I played as Rose, who was kind of like the, the typical leader sort of girl. Um, I forget Alex's character, but he, I forget the, my character's name. He played the fangirl. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie, maybe I think, I think it was Jackie. Yeah. And then Nick played the space cadet. Yeah. Well, um, she, she's like the super smart, but like very smart. spacey. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of fun. She's, she's <laughs> adorbs. Um, so it was the three of us doing this scene together of, uh, we went to one of our houses and we were cooking this thing and somebody brought a weird ingredient and you had to problem solve how you would get around, how you, you would use these weird ingredients to, yep. to make something. And then there was so. smoke coming out of the oven. Yeah. yeah. That's not smoke. Like steamed hams. <laughs> Red, uh, steamed hams, but it's raspberry heaven. Yeah. Um, is essentially what that boiled down to. So, But it was a lot of fun and, the, you know, different. There's usually kind of like a small problem that you have to solve or something you have to get around with each um line of the card yeah um i feel like it's unfair to say paragraph it's yeah it's they're they're paragraphs you read a little bit and then you stop and then you you play out what has been described and read a little bit more and then at some point you may we want to be like oh well i'm gonna roll the die here and see what happens and then like or if you um, paint yourself, out. if you paint yourself into like a storytelling corner, and you don't know how to get out of it, you can like roll the dice and make something happen. Like um, I, I like the one that, um, the one that stood out the most for me was my with my character. Some of her things are like, oh, this thing happens, and suddenly you have the solution, or like some of them are just like she gets really distracted, and so. We were, was it when we were on the field trip one? Yeah, and we, we got, were at the field trip one. We were, we're at the field trip And we to got lost um, from the rest of the school group. And so my character was like, wait, 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 I've got an idea. And I rolled the die. And the result on the die was um, uh, the dots that you see when you stare off into space are really pretty. <laughs> and so I just read that aloud <laughs> and stopped performing. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was, and it has all these like really fun elements to it. And yeah, you could just play for as little or as long as you like. So we decided that two, the two scenarios, since we kind of milked them for all that those two scenarios were worth, that was, that was enough. Yeah. It's basically, it's, it's Azamanga Dayo, the game. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is pretty great. You know, and it's, it's cute. And there's a lot of instructions for how to create your own scenes or I think create your own create, characters, create your own too. characters mm-hmm. even. Um, so it's a really neat framework idea for a storytelling game. So it's definitely, definitely a buy. Yeah. Yep. Check that I, one out. Yeah. That one was, was really yeah. good. Check and that out. It's print on demand. At, yeah. I think maybe if we, if or we add her on Twitter, <laughs> uh, she'll respond to us Who? like uh, the, the woman that created this. Oh, it's a guy. Oh, it's a guy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Ugh. It's alright. <laughs> Ewan, like Ewan McGregor. Oh, but... now I feel like a dick. That's fine. Um, 
I've been doing that a lot lately. Like, I've been, like, realizing, like, certain people, I just always assume that they're a woman, and then it's like, oh, no, it's, it's a dude. And I'm like, oh, fuck. It's fine. It's fine. Uh-huh. It happens. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, no, good. Um, no, I don't. I've lost what I was so, going to say. So, but, yeah, no, but speaking of, of this guy's work, um, apparently, according to the Twitter, it's, spelled, it's pronounced Aaron, but it's spelled Ewan. Huh. Okay. All right. Anyway, um... But anyway, sorry, Aaron. The um, Golden Sky Stories. Yeah. Yes. I recently had a Kickstarter to bring its second um, book over from Japan, Yay! translate it, and turn it into a published year. And uh, we went ahead, or at least I went ahead and, and kickstarted that. Um, and it was successful. Yay. Yay. And we also celebrated the success by playing more Golden Sky more Stories. More Golden Sky Stories. Yeah. Which. Is still I continues to be love really that fun. Game. It's so good. <laughs> still continues to be super fun. Mm-hmm. So for those for the uninitiated, um, and I think we've talked about Golden Side Stories. I'm we sure we've talked about the it at least before. once. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, you um, you're in a village. It takes place in a village in scenic rural Japan, um, in all of its bucolic splendor, and uh, you play as different uh, henge. And you can pick the type of henge that you want to be. They come with different powers. Um, you can, you know, I play as a dog henge named Amiko who turns into a corgi. Um, <laughs> you know, Nick plays as a as a cat. Yep. Um, so it's and it's you're a- both really super cute as it. I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> and I I play as the the, the game master which, which I'm not I'm, every time we played, played it. I'm telling you, I'm gonna make my own scene. Yeah. I know. I gotta, I gotta do it. I really want to play this game from the yeah. other side of the DM screen because I don't think I'm really good at it. <laughs> oh. it it's, so much like in spell, where um, you know, you don't have to be like obsessed with okay so much like in spell where you can you don't have to it's not crunchy um it's not really high on like really big on numbers or anything like that it's a fluffy game um it's a very fluffy game it's a great game for um kind of you know your friends or your you know beleaguered beleaguered partner um (laughs) who's like what is this D &D thing i can't get into it like introduce them to golden sky stories it's i i it's very low key low energy low low key no i wouldn't even i wouldn't say low energy because you can put a lot of energy into it but yeah it's very low stakes Mm, no yeah 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 you Um, know like like i think one of our our recent like campaign was uh this kid who emigrated from uh, San Francisco, San, the prefecture of California. California. Um, you know, and he was, was upset. He was getting bullied by these other kids, and like, you know. And then my my dog character was like, "Fuck that noise!" and ran in and and saved him. Um, but you know, that's that's the kind of thing that you deal with. <laughs> I love fluffy games. I just, you know, yeah. I feel like I I like them because it expands. The audience for tabletop RPG. Yeah, and uh, and there are things that like everyone can get involved in. Like everyone plays some form of RPG when they're a kid. Like that's what imagination yeah. like mm-hmm. play is. And yeah. so some people completely fall out of it. Some people get into like stay into it, and like 
throw in like dice rolls and things like that and like can't play it without those things and then some people are like yeah we can put in dice or we can do in coins or other things or just talk and like yeah. tell a story and like all of those things are valid and all of them are fun and also, so another thing that I really appreciate, especially about Golden Sky Stories and Raspberry Heaven and Spell, is they're much more cooperative rather than antagonistic. Mm. Which, like, even if you're in a D&D campaign, you know... It's you versus the DM. It's you versus the DM. It's often you can the also case. It kind of have to be that way, but like, yeah, that's the way people look at it typically. Or yeah. like, I know like a lot of people that have just straight up fucked over their other party members. Yeah. Um, you know, and and there's just you really can't you really can't fuck somebody over when you're also playing a henge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're also like this like yeah, you know, teenage girls can be shitty, but yeah, not the ones in Raspberry Heaven. They're all very nice. And it, it even says in the rules, it's like, oh, well, they can, like, they can argue and things sometimes, but they're really good friends. Yeah. So, and that's the same sort of thing in uh, in Golden Sky Stories, where it says, you know, fighting is possible, but very Really strong, shouldn't yeah, do really, it. Yeah, really, really discouraged. Really it's really um, uh, impolite. Um, which just makes all of these things, they're, they're I, I mean, I, I love D&D, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I like when things are more widely accessible and I like when kind of the gatekeepers of um, when, when we can thumb our noses at the gatekeepers of fandom yeah, just makes me, that just, that just warms my heart <laughs> of steel uh, just a little just, bit more. Yeah. Bring, bring, you bring know? more people in, play more yeah. games in the words of Will Wheaton, yeah. play more games. It's all good fun. Um, I also got a game. We have not had a chance to play it yet, but I finally got my printed copy of uh, Misspent Youth. Yes. Is, so, it, is it called Misspent Youth? It is, spent, it is actually Mis called Misspent Youth. Because <laughs> I almost called it Youth in Revolt, which is the other thing yeah. that I call it. And I'm like, oh, no, wait, that's not right. That's right. I am so fucking excited. I'm actually going to be, this is going to be my first time DMing something. Ah. Um, and I, there is a Jane Austen-esque. Yes. Um campaign that you can play in, in the expansion now i don't have a printed copy of the expansion yet and a, apparently at the moment you cannot buy a physical copy but we have the pdf so we can do that print, um, print that so, pdf yeah. out yeah. yeah i feel like if we had like a patreon or a kickstarter or something like this would be the if the yeah. like the the thank you gift at like the hundred dollar mark or something mm -hmm. it's like we would have exactly one backer and right? we know exactly who it is Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. We know who you are. We know who you are. Hi there. And we love you. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, but yeah, no, that's pretty awesome because like you didn't tell me that you got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. I, I thought I mentioned it last week that no. it was coming in the mail, and so. Oh no, you meant yeah, you mentioned it was coming in the mail, but you didn't say that. You yeah, were we got it. We got it. It's yeah. here. Um, nice. So we might so, we, sometime when we have a oh, yeah, free night. To, no, no, no. It's gonna be a brunch. A brunch. A brunch. Or maybe like an afternoon tea. Yeah. I, I, I feel like if we're going to do the Jane Austen one, the afternoon tea It has is to be better. an afternoon tea. Four o'clock. Um, Four o'clock sharp. But yeah, they've got some other like pre-made serenarios. Some of them will sound really cool. We can make gluten-free Victoria sponge cakes. We can totally make gluten-free Victoria sponge cakes. <laughs> and by we, I mean you can do it. Oh. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> we'll make other things. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll I'll have a... You'll a, make the tea. I'll make, <laughs> well, I'll have a selection of gluten-free things for you to have. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> Who you just apparently invited yourself to my Jane Austen tea party. Oh, okay. All right. 
Oh no. We have to invite Alex now, Nick. <laughs> I wasn't really planning on this, but okay. Uh, I'm just kidding. Of course you're invited. But yeah, thumbing, well, through, thank the, you. thumbing yeah. through the book the other day, uh, one of the other pre-made uh, scenarios that they have in the at the end of the very first of the, the core rule book is the actual world you fucking live in. <laughs> is yeah. that what it's called? Yes, that's what it's called. <laughs> and the um, a- and the authority is capitalism. <laughs> so these people know their audience. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was looking in the the the, the introduction has like a list of like. Here's some media um, that didn't necessarily inspire it, but like maybe some of the look or some of the ideas that went into the game. And I was looking through, I'm like, yeah, this is a list of all of the music books and movies that I own. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Blade Runner, The Clash, Dead Kennedys, uh, (laughs) uh, The Outsiders, (laughs) just this whole list of things. I'm like, yep, got that, got that. Got that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is something that I'm definitely going to be, yeah. be playing a lot of, I think. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. We've been playing a lot of games recently. Like, yeah, I, uh, no, it's, it's been really great, you know. Elise and I have had a lot of time off. Oh, God, I finally am done with my gigantic-ass project at yeah. work. So I, like, I have time again? It's yeah. very weird. It's incredibly strange. And I've been using it for I, like, all sorts of ridiculous at, things. like, normal hours? It's yeah. Very odd. Not like nine o'clock at night. <laughs> um, One time it was like eleven. Yeah, it was. God, that um, was a terrible night. But yeah, so we've we've been. I've been. Once again, I'm not a stripper. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to reiterate this. I'm not a stripper. Got, got a huge stripping project down at the stripping plant. <laughs> my boss is gonna be on my ass if I don't get this work done. <laughs> I finally published my article on like the the perfect tassel to titty ratio. <laughs> it's, it's, it's going out in the, the latest ergonomics of uh, <laughs> tassel spinning. Oh Lord. It's waiting for for pure approval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gotta it's gotta go all sorts of bureaucracy, and then you gotta uh, defend it. Yeah, right. Uh, it's gotta go through be... HUD for some reason. <laughs> God, we do this podcast for like no reason. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Not it's great. fine. Anyway, um, so thank you, thank you to the three people who are listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, we know who you are. So we, uh, I've we also know been, where you live. Yeah, we we literally do. Um, but I've also been playing a lot of games. Uh, other than that, video games. I finally finished Bloodborne. Um, I'm on my nice. second playthrough now. Nice. Yeah. Yep. I said nice about Bloodborne. Oh, yep. Shit. Well, you said nice that it's done. It's nice that uh, it's done. It well, nice. I'm on my second playthrough now. Oh, you gotta <laughs> with these kinds of games, you gotta do at least three playthroughs to get all of the uh, to get all the content well, in. It th- I mean, how how long did it take you to get through it? Uh, I'm not sure, but the, the, a lot less time than it took l- you to get through Dark Souls. That, uh, no, not necessarily because it I, seems like you were playing Dark Souls. I mean, for I like played years. Okay, keep fucking. <laughs> Okay. I played Dark Souls <laughs> no, three like three different times, and then I was yes. playing Dark Souls three like yes. twice. So it's it just he because he plays it, and then he immediately goes back and plays it again. Yep. That's that's it, it, so that's why you're like it seems like you've been playing Dark Souls for a while. I'm like no 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 this is this is just a way of life now for Nicholas. <laughs> it is. It's it's yeah. the way that those games are set up, and the, I don't want to talk a whole lot about it this week, but I do want to say <laughs> I do want to say. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> They're back to the check marks. 
This is the one. This is one, okay? This is one. But I do want I'm counting this as one. It's like wrapped up with Bloodborne. Anyway. But I just wanted to say like the... I it was enjoying Bloodborne a lot, but it wasn't clicking with me the same way that Dark Souls was when Dark Souls finally clicked the first time, and I'm like, oh, I get it and I understand it, um, and I think it got it had more to do with just the general feel of the game, and I can't couldn't quite put it into words. But then on now that I'm on my second playthrough, I figured out what it is: is that Dark Souls is a game about depression, and Bloodborne is a game about mania, and I understand yeah. depression more than I understand mania. So I think that's why I liked Dark Souls better the first time I played it through. And now that I get Dark Bloodborne more, I'm under I'm, I'm enjoying it, but it's like eh, it's still not it, it's not as kind of groundbreaking, I suppose for me. Yeah. Because Bloodborne it, like uh well Dark Souls is a game that's all about like slow combat. It's a really long one. Yeah, it is. I know. That's okay. why I'm, ca- I'm keep, that's keep why I said it's one discussion, it's one thing. Okay, okay? I'm not okay. going to bring it up again. But it is—it's uh, a very slow, kind of methodical game. The the ultimate end state, like what will end up happening to your character, because they're both kind of games about like your character is essentially doomed in both the Dark Souls games and the Blood and Bloodborne. Uh, and so, what will ultimately end up happening to the player character in uh, in Dark Souls if you stop playing it is that your character goes hollow, which is. You become this, like, zombie, you've lost all sense of purpose, um, and you just kind of have lost all sense of self and identity, and you just kind of shamble around and attack people that show up. Uh, In Bloodborne, what ends up happening is you get, like, blood crazed. Uh, They they call it uh, blood drunk, I think, uh, or blood frenzied. And so you it's a similar sort of thing but instead of just being shambling you're just this insane monster rushing around and doing everything what's that smell um, it's, blood. it's blood um so yeah and i kind of think that that's what it is is it's got a lot more to do with like you in dark souls you get things and you like hold on to them uh the 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 items that help you do like multiplayer you like hoard and there's no downside to hoarding it. Whereas in Bloodborne, if you have too many of the items that allow you to do multiplayer, it does extra damage. Like certain monsters do extra damage against you. So yeah, it's, 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 and it's a lot faster and it's a lot more frantic. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm going with is that dark souls is a game all about depression. Bloodborne is a game all about mania. And I, I relate more to the game about depression. <laughs> Because no. I understand that feeling better. Um, All right. On that happy note. On that happy, on that happy note. note. I also have been playing Kirby's, uh, the new <laughs> Kirby game, and that game is super cute. <laughs> Fucking love it. Ah, can't stop the friend trip train, motherfuckers. <laughs> choo choo, get out the way. My adorable little friends and I are going to fuck you up. <laughs> Uh, yeah. that, that that has been a lot of fun. That has been a lot um, of fun. That one's been pretty great. I'm trying to think of, like, I consumed any media independent of you. And now... No. I, know I know. I, I, I felt I, like there was something that I was going to talk about be- before we started getting into the oh. change of the channel stuff. And now, I, I honestly, I cannot... It wasn't the change of the channel stuff? Because I feel like that's a lot of what you've been looking at, No, too, I know. I, like, went it. down a rabbit hole, but I could have sworn there was something else before that kind of took over my life. Hmm. 
um, that I was going to talk about it. Now I don't know what it was, so never mind. I got nothing. I, I got nothing to share. I've been watching, like, like I said, I had a lot of time off. I had some free time, and so I've been watching movies. I've been watching TV shows. I, I've been See, playing games. My problem is, like, I don't consume anything that's, like, when I have time off, I don't consume anything that's, like, helpful for the podcast. I end up just <laughs> watching a shit ton of House Hunters. That's true. Which I <laughs> fucking talk love. about House Hunters. Oh, my God, I fucking love House Hunters. Oh, God, no. But I also hate it at the same time. Because I remember my mom used to watch a lot of House Hunters, and <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't imagine it why. Is, it is some, there are some privileged-ass people that get on House Hunters. But uh, it's also, like, it's not, okay, so if you're ready for some, like, House Hunter truth or shit, <laughs> you guys ready for this? Yeah. Oh, I think I know what um, you're going to say, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, so it's you know all how, staged. Like, oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's all fucking staged. Um, Those aren't real people that have their, <laughs> their I photograph uh, pictures no, no, and I sharpen your no, that Unfortunately, that part is real. That part is real. And my budget is $7 million. No. <laughs> the, un, the, the, that unfortunately is real. The part that is not real is the entire house hunt. Okay. Yeah, they've, they've so, already, they've recently moved into a new place mm. is the, the way that that typically yeah. goes. And so they just show them their own house that they've just purchased and then two other houses. <laughs> and then they have to, they, they talk about the discussion. They stage the whole discussion around it. Um, but basically, I feel like they, they approach... They approach people that have recently purchased houses and then they get in contact with their real estate agent who they Wait. worked with and then yeah. So the whole the whole house hunt is a lie. Okay. The house hunt is a lie. That's weird because I seem to remember there being one one episode where they decided not to actually buy any of the houses. Hmm. I could have dreamt that's entirely, that. That's entirely No, that's that that shit probably fucking happens. Okay. That, yeah. So so it's like we're showing the the original house that you actually own as the one that we're actually moving out of, and then we never actually move out of one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We staged that too. Okay. No, 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 the whole fucking thing is staged. All of it is staged. It's like All wrestling. All of it is fake. It is House Hunter is a is just is it a KFAB compliant? Round circle. Um, get up, get it, get down. House so, hunters are a joke in your town. Get up, get get. Okay. Get down. So yeah, like that's that's my problem. Is like I'm not I'm not helpful. Not useful. <laughs> well, we've been watching. I just, that's useful. We've been watching The Expanse. Uh, we is that have. What, is we that have. what you're going to talk about, The Expanse? Yeah, I had this like tortured relationship. I think I was going to talk about The Expanse and probably The Tick too, because that was. The oh other yeah, thing we watched we also, The Tick. That's right. We finished I the second we half of Amazon that. Prime's The Tick, which unpopular opinion. Uh, the Tick is the greatest superhero of all time. Is that unpopular though? Uh, yeah, I don't know that how I'm. I don't know. That is. Yeah, I, I don't think that this is the best incarnation of the Tick. Like the car, the original no. Fox cartoon show was definitely way better. Oh, yeah. I've never read the comics, so I can't say anything about that. But like the cartoon show it is, is so better good. than the other live oh, action show. That yeah, they tried it's to like do, the one that's just like it's just Seinfeld, but they're all wearing yeah. superhero costumes. Yeah. That yeah. that one happened in the mid two thousands. Yeah, that was when I was in um, high school. I remember this one. Is it's it's really fascinating. It's super interesting. I don't want to, I don't want to talk a lot about it just because like I don't want to spoil it. So please like yeah, go watch it. Check it out. Um, also, good. I can't really think of what else to say about it other than I really fucking like it and it's I, really great. The thing that I kind of want to mention about it is like the reason oh, why spoilers I, ahead. I don't. I, I'm not going to go into any spoilers. Okay. The thing that I just kind of want to say about it is I. I feel like the tick is at its best when it's like slice of life meets superheroes. Yeah. So like 
the original uh the original series kind of balanced both of those things really well whereas like okay like they're going to the bank or something like some like regular mundane thing and like oh a villain shows up and then like how do you deal with this? Yeah, and, and like, like yeah. or like, and balancing like living in a shitty apartment with fighting evil and like really over the top supervillainy kind of mingled with very very plain old mundane everyday like shitty life. Right, and we're like the mid two thousands focused was exclusively, exclusively on, on the mundane aspects. Yeah, and this one I feel like goes too much in the opposite direction. Yeah, where it is too much of a superhero show. With, like, a big overarching storyline and, like, mystery. And it's, like, it's interesting and it's compelling. But um, is it really the But tick? is it, yeah. And I feel but like... the thing that... It the... gets the feel of the tick way yeah. better than the mid-2000s show. I will say that. It gets that feeling way better. You, the thing is, like, with the tick, you can't play the tick with any sort of irony with any sort of like wink wink nudge uh, nudge yeah it's no gotta the, the be take like has to totally believe straight he was like dropped out of the 1950s uh propaganda commercial for for pro-america kind of a guy um and you just you have to play it that way which and, is ironic because this one's british yeah but he does <laughs> he does such a great job um as the tick um and the way he just he plays it with a lot of honesty um and, it, and it's interesting, and it's sort of, like, interesting how they're very, like, on the low level of things um, and getting caught up into these larger, more conspiracy sort of things. So it, it's, it is really fascinating. It's absolutely worth a watch. Honestly, it's only 12 episodes. Each episode is about 30, 30 minutes. minutes. So it'll take you six hours to get through. If you've got Amazon Prime, now I fucking remember the thing that I was going to talk about. What God damn it. But maybe we'll table it for another time. What were we going to talk about? Um, the Love Witch. Oh, yeah, because I still haven't seen it yet. I, okay. I was going to watch Nick, it yesterday and right. I didn't have time. The we Love are Witch? not going to talk about The Love Witch this episode. Is this something I should watch? But we are going to watch it. Okay, you two are going to have to watch it in the next two weeks. Where, and where we'll is it discuss again? it in the next uh, podcast. What's, is it streaming on it Amazon? It is streaming on Amazon okay. Prime. And dear listeners, if you have not seen The Love Witch... Make sure that you watch it before our next episode. Because that, that's what we're going to fucking talk about next okay, episode, so, is the goddamn Yeah, I was going to watch it yesterday, and then I was out too late, and I didn't have yeah. a chance to watch it when well, I got you home. You and your running. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll watch it, because I don't have Amazon Prime. Okay, we'll watch it I... sometime then. Yeah, okay. yeah, come on by. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll watch it. Not to invite myself over to your No, no, again. that works. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, so we watched that. We also watched The Expanse. The Expanse. Uh, right. well, a little bit of it, anyway. The um, season two, finally, came out on Amazon Prime, where we could stream it. Um, what, is what, the, what is the name of the the UN lady? Oh God, I can never Excuse remember. Me. Um, I I what, just think okay. of her like as the boss bitch in charge. Like. What is the expanse? What is the expanse? Okay, so the expanse uh is based off of a book series. It's a sci-fi semi original series in the sense that it's an original series. It's original to sci-fi, but it is based, based off, off of a book, book series. series. It's basically it's it's sci-fi's attempt to kind of get in on that. Uh, Game of Thrones kind of Walking Dead TV like like uh prestige television yeah. based on an existing work sort of yeah. thing. Um, you know, trying to reclaim some of that Battlestar Galactica, uh, fame. But so the in the Expanse, you have essentially three three main systems. You have the Earth, and the Earth, uh, the Earth's government. You have Mars, the Martian government. And then you have the belt or the outer belt. And the outer belt is filled with satellites. 
And so kind of over the generations. Not, they're not, they're, they're like, they're, excuse they're, me. they're, they're, um, asteroids and things like that. Asteroids. Okay. So they've, they've colonized well, various asteroids. asteroids. Well, yeah, but, but I think it's no, anyway. not space stations, but like, anyway. Um, so, and everybody originates from earth. There are no aliens. Um, or are there, or are there, that becomes a plot point later in season two. Um, but essentially, there, there are no aliens. It's just humans and the way humans have expanded out of Earth. They're trying to colonize Mars. They've been there for, for many generations, but they still haven't made it like the Earth 2 that is the vision. Um, and then off in the... Um, and then off kind of in the asteroid belt, there are several uh, communities of... They're, they're called belters. Um, and where they live off in the, off in the belt. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's very like stratified kind of a society. So are we dealing with space capitalism? Uh, yeah. Kind of. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so, so earth is basically, you know, it's, it's the mother planet. It's where like yeah, everyone's from. And so it, the people it's the bourgeoisie, who, like they yeah, own the, the means of production. The people who can still afford to live there are like very well to do and well taken care of. And so the, the culture is very kind of decadent and like erudite. Um, and then on Mars, it's a bit more militaristic. It's like rough and tumble. Like, oh, we had to like scrape together and now we've separated off from Earth. Um, and so they are their own constitutional republic now. They, they have, they all have Texan accents. In the books, they're described as having like accents that sound very much like Texans. But like one of the major characters in season two has like a purely Australian accent, which is which a- I kind of love how it's 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 Texas and Australia. Yeah, that's you know that's that who is colonizes what Mars. Mars. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's so so Mars is very like independent and and like militaristic. And there's this huge dream like everybody wants there to be like an ocean on Mars. Like well, that's yeah. one of the things that they talk about is like oh man within our lifetime there's going to be like and, a lake or and a, there's starting an to ocean be, or something on Mars. There's like these hyped up uh, there was like getting to be like more and more tensions between Earth and Mars as a result of some of the things that are happening. And so, like Mars is Mars is like funneling more resources away from uh, terraforming back to the military, and so that's starting to piss a lot of Martians off. Where it's like, oh yeah, well we got like we've got to wait another fifty years now because yeah. of what this stupid shit that Earth is pulling. Mm. Yeah. Um, but Earth's not, not not blaming their go- their own government for yeah. for uh, their increased militarism. Yeah, their increased. They're militarism. blaming their they're blaming, their perceived yeah. rival. And yeah. really, really, hashtag real life. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's <laughs> really Actually, interesting. No. Because like neither side is really pulling the string. There's, so there's like this other it's faction. It's a secret cabal. There's of a secret. People. There's a secret cabal that's basically hyping all this stuff. Factor. Uh, wait, do they produce the military hardware? No. Is it the military it is, industrial complex? It is actually this? kind of unclear okay. exactly what the motivating factor is. So at the point where in the series where we're at now, there's we know that there is something going on. Um, and that the Earth government and the Martian government both don't really know what this is. Mm. Um, and so, like, stuff's happening, um, and it's happening mostly out in the asteroid belt. So the people who are suffering are, like... The belters. The, the belters, who are mostly, like, really poor, working-class stiffs. And then, like, occasionally you get people from Earth or Mars kind of going out there and exploiting them for, like, resources yeah. and stuff like that. Um, or they've had to, like leave earth for unknown character reasons and yeah. are now like exiled to yeah the belt. Mm. um because that that there are a couple of characters like that so it's kind of interesting you have this sort of 
noir, like film noir detective the, story. The first season in particular on. is a detective story. Like one of the major characters is a detective working for a private, uh, uh, like a uh, law enforcement company, basically out in the belt. Like he's born, yeah. he's born out in the asteroid belt and um, he's working for an earth based security company and he gets hired to do kind of this work on the side and that's what brings him into the whole plot. And that kind of sp- drives forward a lot of the narrative of the first season. And then at the end of the first season, his storyline kind of intersects with this other major character storyline. And now in season Who's two... Who's the captain of a delivery vessel. That also um, gets kind of caught up in this same yeah. conspiracy. But and they're coming at it from different ends. You have the boss bitch herself. Yeah. I, the undersecretary of the UN. Because um, um, apparently they've... I'm going to butcher all, all her name. The, all of the governments in the Earth are now kind of under the UN's power, and so she's basically like either number one or number two she, in the world. It's kind of unclear um, what her exact like political position she's is. She's one of the most powerful people on but, the planet. But yeah, Did they and explain? she dresses in like these crazy exotic Indian prints. Like she's got like a like a silk. She's always wearing like a silk sari. She always has her hair done up. And she's just this, like, she is terrible, but beautiful, <laughs> but, like, I want to be her, but I also don't, like, like you know. She's really, really shady, but, like, you think maybe sometimes, is she being shady for a good reason? And then she'll do something, like, really terrible, like, ooh, no. But no, then you're just a petty bitch. No, but it's, she's, but she's, she's Amanda Waller. Great. She's Amanda Waller. Like, that character yeah. is just Amanda Waller if she were Indian. Like, that's... <laughs> That's the difference. And in charge of the whole damn world. And in charge um, of the whole world. Did, which, they, did they explain how they convinced the United States to relinquish itself to I, the UN? It's it's all ancient history at this okay. point. Like, they've kind of moved forward. This is, like, one 200 the, years in the future or something like okay. that. So, like, I'll, so one of the things that I find most fascinating, though, and kind of a... I don't know if it's a, a parallel to our world. It's, a, it's an imperfect conceit. Um, but basically, you have the Earthers. Because the Earthers grew up on Earth... Um, their bodies are used to the gravity of Earth, mm-hmm. which means that they can travel out to Mars or they can travel out to the belt. So they have the most freedom of movement. The Mars, because Mars has is slightly, smaller, lower, is slightly gravity. lower gravity, they can't, Martians can't travel to they, Earth. They can travel to Earth, but it's a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But like, if you were born out and raised out in the asteroid belt, you cannot go to or like going to earth is painful. painful yeah and they use that like they basically use, they use earth's gravity torture. to torture people from the belt that they capture Ugh. like you're part of a uh like there's a there's a organization out of the belt called the opi the outer planets uh or the op the opa the outer planets alliance which is sort of like hezbollah it's like it's a political party but it's also a terrorist organization but it's like semi-legitimate but like no one else is recognizing it sort of a thing i can dig it Um, (laughs) (laughs) and it's led the one of the more interesting parts this is not not exactly a spoiler it's but one of like the big muckety mucks is actually a former member of earth military that basically realized he was being played and like 
murdering people who were innocent. Mm. And so he's, he flipped sides and is now leading, uh, like leading the OPA, at least the, the public side of it. But since it's super fragmented, there's like lots of people in the OPA don't like him. There's, there's the thing. real Irish Republican army, the yeah. super yeah, real yeah, Irish yeah, Republican yeah. army, the, yes. the original Irish Republican yes, army. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, there's one scene where they capture an OPA operative and, the undersecretary of the UN is basically just the like bitch. basically torturing him with earth. Yeah. <laughs> just existing on the planet outside of like a gravitational couch, like some sort of like, like liquid yeah. pod to like suspend the body and to like reduce the, the strain of gravity so is just this, like killing him that way. What this means is the belters are kind of marooned. Like they yeah. can't, they can't travel like they physically cannot travel to any other place. They physically cannot, they can't better their circumstances because they could not handle the gravity of Mars or Earth. And it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. I feel like it's, I feel like it's trying to say something about our Earth today, our world today, yeah. but I'm not entirely positive. It's, it's probably something to do with like the refugee. I'm sure there's like a very strong parallel between that and the Syrian refugee crisis. There's a lot of different things you could say about it. Yeah. Um, Like all good sci-fi, it's got a lot of parallels and a lot of things to say about our world that we live in. So it's, it's super fascinating. I think if you, it kind of does hit this nice little sweet spot of um, the, I mean, it kind of hits this nice little sweet spot in the same way that Game of Thrones does, where it is a very grounded political drama but in a fantastical setting. Um, the one thing, my one kind of criticism of it, and maybe this is unfair, but aesthetically, there's a lot of sameness. Um, it's a very dark side. There's a lot of muted colors. And so that's kind of like why it's really nice when the undersecretary comes on screen, because it's like her colors are, her outfits are so lush. It at least breaks up a lot of the monotony that tends to happen on the set. Um, and I guess that's kind of my, my one criticism is, and I get why they're doing it and they want this film noir thing and, you know, they want it to have this kind of gritty realism, but, um, it is very monochrome. It is very monochrome. It is very monochrome. The, the one thing that I kind of, as someone who's read at least the first book in the series that this is based off of, my big criticism is that people don't, and this is obviously going to be, going to be a problem with something like this, but people don't look as different as they're described, like, because mm. it's been the going on this way for generations, so there's a little bit of, like, speciation going on. Yeah. So, like, People's you know, bones should be not as hard if they grow up off-planet. Yeah, and, like, well, like I that. mean, that, that's that's what they were talking about. Mm. And so, like, people who grow up in the in the belt are supposed to be, like, really tall and lanky. Yeah, yeah, Because they're yeah. growing up in lighter Earth environments. And, like, the OPA guy that they capture at the very beginning fits that description and so you have the woman who was born on earth standing next to this guy who's like two feet taller than her and rail thin but like none of the other belters look like right. that guy they don't no. they don't bother to keep up that aesthetic choice throughout the rest of it and then like and the, the couldn't, yeah. couldn't find enough doug jones to yeah. play and yeah they, right? and they do try to they they try to do the stuff with the accents because like like even on like the even in the uh in the belt there's a lot of like stratification like the people who live like closer to the surface uh, in like this these like underground stations are like 
you know, they, they speak a certain way, and then the people who look, work, like, down in the depths, like, doing the really All have South Well, and in the book series, they're described as speaking this, like, very... They have their own, like, specialized dialect, because it's, like, it's a pidgin language. Mm. Obviously, you've got people who have to leave Earth for economic circumstances. They're coming from all over the planet, and so their children are going to be speaking a Creole. So that's kind of where, where this comes from, is it's a mixture of all oh. sorts of different languages. Oh, uh, man, I want to play dialect now. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that, and they also had to, uh, because of the early days of the belt, you couldn't take off your suit because there were problems with the oxygen. So a lot of things have to, there are a lot of, like, like symbols. Like, very, like, yeah. like, a lot of very... Hand gestures. Yeah, exaggerated hand gestures and things like that. So instead of facial expressions being the way that people, like, yeah. non-verbally communicate, you do it with hand gestures. It's, I because, feel like it's, it's one of those things that I feel like could have really been solved by, like, just hiring a dialect coach or, like, hiring, like... Or, like, because they do... They do a pretty good job of yeah. it. Like, they try to replicate it, but, like, the, the books just go so much more into detail into how all this stuff yeah. works that since I read the first book, I'm like, no, that's not right. They need to be doing more stuff like this. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that sounds like a really cool show. No, it's like, really, it's, it's really, really good. Cool. What is, is uh, that on Netflix? It's on, it's on Amazon. Amazon. Prime. Yeah. Prime. More Amazon. Sorry. Yeah. You gotta give Jeff Bezos your money. Yeah. <laughs> just accept he the new world order. Buy it from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> the, the, the free shipping, though, that's, yeah, that's taking money away from the United States this, Postal oh Service. Oh, God. Because that's how things work. God, at least I stayed up way too late last night making fun of that. And I would just, really quickly, I want to do the, the joke that I did about yeah, like yeah, yeah. saying that like, we, we, we think that it's it's Tiffany Trump is just like trolling her father. Cannon. Yeah, our headcanon is that Tiffany Trump has a fake like Sean Hannity account on Twitter and just will like tweet random nonsense at her dad to like get him to say stupid shit. So that way she can adjust her <laughs> stock portfolio. Yeah. Like, because it's always like these crazy companies and it's like, you know, like Tiffany is like in the back room being like, I really need to ditch this Amazon stock. Or go like, I really I need, I really need to buy up some Amazon stock, but I wish it was less expensive. Do 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 do. Tweet at your father. Oh, Amazon. It's, you know, I'm like, yeah, because. That's, that's where we're so, at now. Because they'll just, like, do whatever the last person who was in the room with him says. So I just want someone just to make him a Maoist for, like, a day. <laughs> just to see what happens. Folks, we're going to... re-educate. We're going to re-educate all, all of the, the people. Uh, all, all of the intellectuals. We're going to take them out into the field. The third worldism is the way to go. <laughs> Folks, you, you don't understand this little red book. It's great. It's the greatest. <laughs> I don't read many books, but this one's really good, you know? Hashtag red state. We're going we're gonna to have the greatest leap forward. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to bring so industry back. You're going to be make, melting down iron in your backyard. We're going to bring steel back to the United States. So if, Tiffany Trump, Tiffany Trump, if on a very serious, if you're listening, one, we're on to you, and two... Bring us to the great leap forward, please, for the love of God. Yes, Folks... You gotta believe me, this five-year plan, it's gonna work, okay? Oh, oh please, we, please. we can hope. We can dream. Dream just, just for a day. No, I for longer wanna... than a day. <laughs> I just wanna hear him say it. Um so yeah, that we were we've been watching that. I, I also watched another space opera, which I told you about, Alex. I watched it too. I watched more than you. You watched more than I did, because yeah. I didn't want to pay for a country roll. You know, um, so you're playing Amazon, but you're not paying for a country roll. Because um, I, I use the Amazon a lot more. All right. Well, 
no, yeah, no, it's, this was great. So what is this? So this, it, it is it is a remake of an old anime from the 80s. Yeah. Um, that was in turn oh. based off of a series of novels, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it is, it is called Legend of the Galactic Heroes. And then the subtitle for the remake is uh, the German for the new thesis or the new idea. Yeah. Um, and it is, it is huge scale space naval combat featuring uh space imperial germany yeah you know and you you i was playing pathfinder with my friends yeah. and you posted it in the discord because <laughs> it was just it's something that a friend of ours i'm like this is so far up his alley i'm so surprised that he's never talked about it before. but you know what it was exactly what i was looking for yeah because it was something it's like i was thinking a couple days ago you know i'd really like to watch something that's like Gundam, but without the Gundams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm it's, like, then you exactly bring this what... to me. It's like, oh shit, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love this. It's exactly what it is. We have Space Napoleon over yeah, here. Space Napoleon. Um, who? Okay, okay. Is he like? Is he and his like second in command like the most loving couple in anime ever? It, I mean, it, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty. They're um... so gay for each other. I can't stand it, and I don't mean that as a slur. I mean these are two young men who clearly love each other more than anyone else on the planet, and they it's adorable. They should just be together, and like, maybe they will. They who may, knows? maybe they already are. Like I don't it's know. so early on in the series that it's unclear what their relationship actually is. Yeah. So, so this this show does the thing, and since you didn't watch the second episode, you don't know. But this show does the thing where it wants to show the conflict between these two factions yes. the the alliance of free, free planets and the empire of the space, humanity space imperial germany it, i mean yeah it's it's technically all of humanity but whatever yeah but it, but it's but it's, it's space in, imperial it's prussia the name in, of their home planet is odin yeah but the um but it wants to show both sides of it. So the first episode focuses on the the imperialist side, and then the second episode shows the same events, kind of, and then continues on to it from the alliance side. Yeah. And it's it's like there are two young military geniuses that are opposed to each other, and they are rivals, kind of. And this is where they meet for the first. And time. the very first, like the very first part, or or the very first episode, the guy for for Space Germany is like. His second in command is like, oh, but what if they have someone who's as brilliant as you, sir? And he's like, well, I hope they do, because I'd love to meet someone like that face to face. And then he does. And then he does, because he realizes that the end of that first episode is so great. Yeah. That that realization that he's in a trap, and then it ends. Yeah. And then you watch the second one, and it pulls back ten hours earlier. Yeah, to and the beginning of that same conflict. That's pretty From cool. the other perspective, yeah. And then it continues on to show what the trap was. Um, but But, like ship combat has is so much so that it's not even like reminiscent of naval combat it's napoleonic combat yeah yeah it's like what they did is classic napoleon which is defeat in detail where you are opposing a larger force that has split itself up into three places you attack them one at a time yeah that's that's classic napoleon and it's like oh shit i I get that (laughs) the the first line of this i knew you guys would love it from the very first line which is um any similarities to historical like what was the line it was something really fucking great i'm like i have to remember this for the podcast (laughs) and now i can't remember what it was but it was something like um 
any similarities to historical events are is completely inevitable or something like <laughs> something that. Something like that, yeah. It's like, because, like, basically saying history repeats itself. But in space. But in space. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah. great. You should watch, you should, you should watch the second episode. I'm, I'm going to say. I will. When it, when it becomes for free, available no, for non-premium people. Do you, do you just pay for, like, a basic one, or do you There, have... there is a non-premium account. Like, there's just a regular free account for it. Because, like, I signed up for that, and I was able to watch watch it oh really okay because yeah. it said it was only available for premium for right now maybe maybe with the free trial they give you the premium access maybe. first but i give it a try yeah I'll, i will definitely i'm definitely gonna watch more of it when more of it comes out they again uh shout outs to the super best friend cast please listen to us <laughs> um <laughs> no but willie was has been talking about the original series yeah which he he had been recommended years ago by a friend of his and okay he just kind of got around to it Sort of coincidentally, at the same time that it was going to be launching a whole new series on mm-hmm. the same events, and I don't, I don't know anything about. He, he was just kind of talking about it in very vague terms. So I, I think the new one is just a reboot. I think these are all the same characters. There were apparently because I was looking into it after I watched it. Apparently, there were several other variations of it. Really? Like they, like they made uh, an original OVA. Uh, they made a series of it. They made a movie. And I think like there the movie are... is apparently a prequel. Like, okay. The movie was apparently the first thing that they did. Yeah. So and then they did a series following. So that. they did they did a bunch of different variations, but I don't know how many of those are remakes and how many of those are prequels yeah. and sequels. Uh, but like if this is a reboot, then you know okay fine. Yeah. But uh, but no. on the ground floor. I, I've been on, it's been a while since I've been in on an anime from like episode one. Yeah. I kind of feel like it's I can and now I'm in on two. Oh yeah. Because I did that one and then this afternoon when I got home from work I watched another one that they had recommended on the Super Best Friend cast, um, which is Megalobox. 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 All yes. Right. It is a sports anime. Um, which normally I'm not into, but it's a futuristic science fiction dystopian uh sports anime. Featuring the the future of boxing, where you just take regular boxing and then you strap like robot piston arms to your actual arms. So so that that uh, game for your <laughs> yeah, it's it's like if you're familiar with the Switch game Arms, it's like that. Only instead of people just having springs on their arms for no reason, it is you strap like. You have like a robo exosuit just for your arms, so your regular m- meaty human face can be punched with robot arms. <laughs> okay, um, which is apparently, and they're talking about that. Like they 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 kind of recognize it. There's only been one episode so far, um, but they kind of recognize it in that episode where it's like the fights seem to only last for like one good punch yeah like in the first episode you see a punch connect exactly one time and that is the end of the match i mean there are some mma matches that are like that yeah yeah and they're and awesome to watch and so the premise of this is again kind of dystopian capitalism run amok future which you know is so unrealistic and oh. unlike our own times We'd never let that happen but um they are they're having this there's this future blood sport called megalo boxing um which is a f- great fucking name <laughs> and the owner of this tech company um is 
starting this new tournament as like whoever wins this tournament is going to be like the greatest megalo boxer in the world um and it'll be open to all citizens and then we cut to our main character who is apparently not a citizen of any country and is ah. living in this part of this like underclass undocumented group of people just like living in these shanty towns and he is doing illegal megalo boxing with this really shitty equipment um just to kind of make a living and his his coach is kind of a, a scumbag uh and basically like the guy keeps saying oh i want to go legit i want to go legit i want to like go in here and fight seriously and then the guy his coach keeps taking bribes and he's like no you're taking a fall uh and so he's like getting really frustrated and then he almost runs into the president the woman who's like who's starting this championship and her protege the the the, the person she's hyping up uh it's it's the uh it's the uh, uh is this just an anime version of vince mcmahon yeah it, it, not exactly because it, it's it's a woman and she's like she doesn't seem to be super scuzzy she's just kind of privileged okay um but she's got her like her champ already picked out basically mm. Um, so like, it's not exactly the fix is in, but she's like, oh no, this is the guy who's going to be the, like, she's the first person to sign up. He's going to be a big star. And so like they're together, the, the main character almost runs over her and on his motorcycle. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. This was an accident here. This road wasn't supposed to be open yet. Cause they're still building. Cause this is around where they're building the, the, the arena for this here, call this number. I, I own the company and th this road shouldn't have been open. You shouldn't have been on here. I'm sorry. You hurt yourself. All, you'll be completely reimbursed. So, like, showing she's, like, again, she's not a scumbag. She's just kind of super privileged and, like, unaware of what's going on in the world. Gotcha. And he, like, smacks the card out of her hand. And he's like, what you guys are doing is trash. That's not real boxing. Is that real <laughs> megalo boxing? And he's about to fight the champ. And then the, the woman calls the champ off. And then he shows up in, like, the shitty underground ring where he's fighting. And that's the end of the first episode. Okay. It's like, oh, no, they're going to fight. It's going to do it. <laughs> they're going to throw down in this, like, like shitty, like, illegal boxing arena. It's like, like we have to we have to be done by 12 because they bring the, the chickens in. Yeah, to pretty do much. Fighting. No, I mean, there's dog racing in yeah. the same episode. Okay. Like, it's, it's like, no, this is the shittiest part of the planet, basically. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, the, the music in it is really, really good. The animation is fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, so it, it's another like again worthwhile thing so if 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 space opera is not your thing and you don't want to check out legend of the galactic heroes uh megalobox is also really really fantastic it's it kind of reminds me it has got a little bit of a cowboy bebop vibe oh, okay. a, a little bit in terms of like the setting um a little bit of an Akira thing, like with him on his motorcycle, especially at night, looked very Akira. So they're like clearly borrowing from a lot of other stuff. But it's 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 also um, there's an old like 50 years ago there was this boxing anime that it's apparently kind of an homage to. Okay, called like Champion Joe or something like that. Never heard of it. Uh, it's it's also streaming on Crunchyroll because it's the 50th anniversary this year. All right. And so I think that there's the um that's the reason why they're making it. So that's pretty good. Okay. Um and then finally something that's not so good that I want to talk a little bit more in detail about. Uh oh. Um and then uh, well, unless you then we have something else to talk about. We have something else to talk about. Something what? that all three of us did. Oh, oh yeah, shit. God. Okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I completely <laughs> forgot we hadn't talked about that yet. Yeah, it's something that we all three let's, did. Let's talk about that first, and then I'll go back to my stupid shit. No, 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 no. So we you didn't like it. You didn't no, have fun. With it? What? What? 
No, never mind. Just just go. Just it's go. getting late, I think is what I it think, is. I think, yeah. Um, but we played uh what was the shit? Was Artemis, Artemis Starship Bridge Artemis Simulator. Artemis Starship Bridge Simulator. Woo! That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I flew so, the spaceship around. Yeah. So <laughs> so Artemis Starship Bridge Simulator is everything you wished that Star Trek video games would be, mm. but aren't. More or less. Okay, we we kind of talked about this before we started recording well, a few days ago. Yeah. About how I wished it was more Star Trek, because like, the scenario we played was almost all combat. Yeah. And like... I want stupid things like oh go ex- like go scan this star, this star's about to go supernova. Get yeah, some readings for the science little, officer. There's a little bit of that in different scenarios, but for the most part, it is a combat kind of simulator. Yeah. Um, but it's a combat simulator that you can get like 36 people in on. Yeah. In the same game and have like six different ships floating around and fight each other or fight with each other. It's great. And every every player, so so you play as the bridge crew of a starship, uh, the Not Enterprise. The Not Enterprise. You can rename it anything you want. Uh, one time I named it the Chuckle Fucks. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, you, and you play. You take on a role of this bridge crew. And if there are six people, then everybody can have a role. So you've got the captain who doesn't actually have any control over the ship, but has a long range scanner and can give orders to. Uh, I would be the helmsman, which is who I played as. So I, I like I said, I drove the ship. Um, I didn't crash it often. Uh, wasn't didn't you crash it like once? I crashed it one time, and I'm still not sure exactly how it happened because I had like, I like moved way down below where the thing was supposed to be, and but, it like <laughs> jumped us up or something. It was really weird. I think you, I think there was just a bad connection for a second there. Yeah. But it was on my screen. I was clearly way down below where it was, and then I somehow hit it anyway. Yep. Um, I was the science and the communication engineers. So because we had five people playing, we had I I ended up doubling up on roles. Uh, but it was actually like a kind of a cool. It was it was cool things to double up on. Um, so a lot of what I did was like finding out um information about other ships, and as the communications, um person. Like, you would dig, uh, so, like, I ended up, like, digging really deep into, or was, did I double up, or was I just... You were doubled No, you up. doubled up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I did double up. And so, I was, like, digging into these various ships, and then just, like, weird things would pop up, like, like, the captain of this ship is having marital problems, <laughs> and, like, the captain of this ship is bombastic, and I, and I was just, like, because I, I will say, like, being the comms and the science engineers, it was... I kind of got like a little bit boring and it got, it got a little bit monotonous. And so it was like, you know, then you would like have something like flash up on the screen and it'd be like, this is hilarious. And everybody would be like, shut the fuck up. We're doing real things over here. Um, <laughs> so it was like a lot of my experience. And I was like, can I taunt these people? Yes. Like captain, can I taunt these people? Because there's, that's like an option too mm-hmm. that you can do as well uh, when you're the communications person. So I don't know. It was fun. I kind of wish I had like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I wanted to say, like, I had more to do or if I had just, like, thought ahead and, like, brought, like, knitting with me or something um, <laughs> well, while I was doing it. It's the it, kind of yeah. thing to where there are large periods of time when there's nothing happening, but if you're not paying attention, then you could miss right. something. Right, So it, it's like, it is, it is, you know, both of those are kind of the ones that have the least amount of things to do all the time, yeah. but they are both still very important. Yeah, um, yeah. 
And yeah, like you can use those information you discovered about them in crafting your taunts with them. I don't yeah. think we actually used any taunts. Oh uh, no, I can't. I taunted a couple of people. You taunted a couple yeah, of people. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I. But yeah. I, trust me, out, that, that, of, that shit happened. You did not. I did not order any taunts. Oh. <laughs> I think I asked. I probably asked. It's fine. I I'm sure you, you asked at me. least once. I just don't think yeah. you're out. <laughs> to you. I think you asked. And I was like, I'm gonna do this anyway. <laughs> Uh, and then the other roles, we had another friend who was the engineering uh, person. He was actually an engineer in real life, so. Yeah. Why, why'd you do that to yourself, bro? <laughs> but um, but the engineering is honestly my, one of my favorite ones. Like, I played as the captain because I think I had the most experience out of everyone yeah, there. Yeah, we had ever played before. Yeah. But um, but I always love playing the engineer because the engineer, if if anybody else goes rogue, the engineer can shut you down. But if the engineer goes rogue, we're all doomed. Wait, wait, wait. I could have gone rogue. Like, I could have been, like, taunting the shit out of people. Yeah, and then I would tell Damn the engineer it. to reduce all power to the communications. Damn it! And you I, wouldn't be able to do it that I really fast. I think there was something where he did do that to you. Because <laughs> you weren't, like, you weren't able to scan for a while. Yeah, I think yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the reason why. <laughs> yeah, like, because he had taken off. away all of the power to the science officer. Oh, hey, if you're, if you're listening, if you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs> but like when we were testing nobody it, puts science in a corner <laughs> but when we were testing it out uh like before we had played i was trying to get it all set up with the connections and he had jumped in to to take over the engineering because it's one of the key things it, you know you can you can overheat all the engines kill off the crew and fires and just like completely destroy the ship and there is nothing that anybody else can do to stop you if you're the engineer. You have that much wow. power. But the engineer can, like, cut off the helm, you know, power or increase it at whim. So you gotta, gotta be, gotta be, tr put someone you trust. I don't know so why we, <laughs> I don't know why we put that guy there, but we <laughs> did a good job. Yeah. He was on the except ball. for, except for when he cut me off. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's because you said something and it was like, <laughs> he just did his retaliation. Yeah. So and oh, I did make fun of him at some point. Yeah, I did. did. I'm not a good friend. So. <laughs> yeah, like uh, everything I say with a grain of salt. Um, and then the other role is the weapons weapons, weapons yeah. officer. Yeah, uh, who has the um, ability to target uh, target the shoot bangs, target the the the, the pew pews. Uh, which is what I ended up calling the lasers because <laughs> I couldn't think of the word laser in time. Oh, really? I thought it was just the bit. <laughs> no, I we no, I purpose. legit, like, it was in the heat of the moment, I couldn't think of the word laser. Yeah. And so I said pew pew. <laughs> so, uh, and that's that's where you work with the science officer to determine what yeah. ratio of what shield frequency is. What, yeah. what the shield frequency of the enemy ships are and yeah. what's best to put it at and what use nuclear arsenal and all that stuff. Yeah. And find out if they're having marital problems. Yeah. And if their crew respects them, <laughs> Use, you, uh, <laughs> if they're single, that I was like another thing that like popped up, and I was like, oh. I want to now. <laughs> I want so much like how we talked about last time having like writing a pilot to a show where it's like below deck, but all the time for like a, a bridge crew. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to do that where like the communications officer is just like doing like a phone line helpline thing for other even enemy combatants. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> so. So tell me about your marital problems. I mean, what do you be hard out there in the vast extent. What, what do you think Uhura was doing all day? She has like yeah. three lines an episode. Yeah, she's got she's got to keep herself busy somehow. The only thing I do is read what the computer sells sells me to. That and like learning fan dancing apparently. Yeah. yeah. 
and speaking a bajillion languages. Yeah. But she was underutilized. Yeah. I mean, okay, so in the I mean, new I was movies, in the new movies, yes, because everyone has to be cranked up to a million. So, like, Chekhov can't just be, you know, Chekhov. a good, good officer. Like, oh, I'm a genius who invented all this stuff. Uh Scotty can't just be, you know, a really clever engineer who's good at fixing stuff. No, he also invented transwarp beaming. Yeah. Um, Uhura is not just the communications officer. She's, like, a brilliant linguist. When, like, the original Uhura in Star... I think it was Star Trek Four, they're pretending to be a Klingon ship. Um, and so she has out the Klingon phrasebook and is, like... <laughs> butchering it and it's like that is your main like the main <laughs> thing that you should be knowing how to do do you not know how to speak klingon <laughs> it's like it'd be like a, a someone really bluffed their way onto this yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah that was and it's i mean it's fine she's still like a very competent officer but it's it's just kind of funny how in the in the new like the jj the yeah. abrams movies it's Everyone's like she's to... just like cranked up to 11 like i'm the most brilliant linguist ever i speak all languages and then in like in, in what if you go back to the original series it's like she's like butchering her way through like saying something very basic and klingon yeah it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we got to play Artemis. That, that was Artemis. That was Artemis. That was Artemis a was a lot of fun. fun. All right, let's, can we take it home? Can we I, take it I home really want to talk about one more thing. Just I'm sorry. do it. Okay. Fine. Fine. All right. You have 30 seconds. No. I'm just kidding. So I'm I watched. But we had like three hour episodes at one point. Yeah, we, we could did. do did long. We? Yeah. Did we are really have that amount of time on our We're hands. also starting a bit later than we typically do That's with true. our recording. Um, Did we really have a fucking three hour episode? We got pretty close to one. Who the hell was listening to us for three I hours? Know. I think that. I feel sorry for you. Which one was that? Yeah. That was like one of the popular ones. That was too. one of the popular ones. Oh shit. Ones. Oh, yeah. sorry. So um, maybe maybe I'm just being a, a dick by making this be. But, um, so I finally got around to watching uh, Alien Covenant. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very good. Like, if, if Beige were a movie. <laughs> It would be Alien Covenant. Um, I I don't even know what to really say about it. I kind of I it, in my mind I'm like yeah I could talk about it for hours, but it's like oh yeah it was the you're not a hero Will Smith. Oh episode. yeah, the yeah. one we just yeah. bitched about bright the uh, entire that, time. That did take three. Hours. That did take <laughs> three hours. Yeah. Um. So I'm a big fan of the Alien movies. Like the the original Alien is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's absolutely fucking brilliant. Um. Like, every shot in it is great, um, except for, like, there's, like, two, like, kind of cheesy ones, but, like, everything in it still looks great. It's really smart. It's a really interesting thriller. Like, the characters are all well-developed, yep. and you care about them, and if you go into it without knowing who Sigourney Weaver is, it's, it's actually kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about it in terms of, like, where horror movies were in the late 70s when this movie came out, it's very original. It's very unique. Um, I'll probably have to have a podcast where we just talk about it the whole yeah. time. Cause I mean, I've, I only just watched the original alien like last year. Yeah. So like I hadn't seen it before. Then. Have you not seen any of the other ones? I haven't seen any other we ones. We should watch some of the other ones sometimes. And then talk about it. And then talk about it. Right. Um, but not Covenant though. God, fuck that movie. <laughs> um, so I was probably one of the few people on the planet who kind of liked Prometheus the first time I saw it. I haven't seen Tell it. Surprise. I haven't seen it since it was out in theaters, and maybe a second viewing will, will make me treat it a little bit less kindly. But, like, Ridley Scott clearly went into 
into Prometheus, like, oh, I want to explore all this stuff. And it wasn't something that I thought was necessary. Like, Alien is one of those movies where it's like, it, it is perfectly self-contained and it never needed sequels. It never needed prequels. Like, it tells one really good story. Um, and there's certainly stuff that it sets up, but you don't really need it. No. And so when he's like, oh, we're going to explain, like, who the space jockeys were, I'm like, well, they don't, do they matter? We're going to, we're going to explain all this other stuff. Like, does, does that stuff matter? You know, I don't know. Like I said, I only saw the yeah. first movie. So the uh, the space shock did you did you not know what I mean when I say space no. shocky? Okay, so the space shocky is the um when they first go into the the derelict ship mm -hmm. that's been crashed on the planet that they go to in, in the beginning of Alien. Yeah. Um, and there's that giant alien with the the chest burster like that had come out of it. Yes. Okay. That's they kind of have referred to that in Alien lore since then as a space jockey. Okay. As it was like, oh, we're gonna explain what that thing is. It's like, does does that matter? It was the thing that was hauling these xenomorph eggs as part of the cargo. Like that's all you need to know. But he wanted to talk about it, and he made a movie, and it was really convoluted and kind of a mess. But it was, I thought, okay. Like, it, it was at least interesting. It deals with a lot of very, very different themes from what the original Alien movie dealt with. So it, it deals a lot with, like, the relationship between man and God. And, like, the search for meaning and faith and, like, all of this stuff. And it doesn't always work. But it at least temp attempts something new. And it's something different. Um... Which you can't really say about any of the other Alien movies since, like, the second one. Uh, but Alien Covenant just kind of goes back. Yep. You, Alien Covenant just kind of goes back to that first movie and kind of doesn't do it as well. And they, like, attempt to do other themes and they attempt to carry on from it. But, like, neither of you guys have seen any of it, so we can't really have a conversation about this. But basically the best part of both Alien Covenant and Prometheus um, is the character of David, who's an android, um, who is played by someone whose name is escaping me right now. Oh, God, I can't remember. I don't remember his name. Um, but he's like a really uh, – Matt uh, Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender, thank you. Um, <clears throat> and he's kind of the best part of the movie. In both of those movies. He's an android. You, he's kind of mysterious. You don't really know what his full motivation is. Um, kind of like the android in the first alien. Well, the, the android in the first alien, his his motivation is pretty clear. I'm going to have time to kind of do my entire thesis on that movie, um, which has been stirring in my mind since I was an undergraduate. Uh, we'll, we'll talk all about what, what uh, Ash represents. But David is very much like... It, it, since... Prometheus is about mankind trying to find its place in the universe and like find its creator. The, the David parallels where it's like, well, David knows who his creator is and knows that his creator doesn't care about him is kind of an interesting thing in that movie. And then none of that's really carried over in this one. And instead David is just like trying to like genetically engineer the xenomorphs, which doesn't make sense within alien continuity. Maybe he saw it someplace else, but he's turning some of the goop genetic engineering monster stuff from Prometheus and like using it to make new monsters. And he lures this colony ship down to the planet where he's wound up at the end. Well, after the end of Prometheus and 
like lures them into this trap and starts killing them all off. And none of the characters are really like at all interesting. Like I couldn't tell you anything about any of the characters except for the main character. And the only thing that I could really tell you about her is her husband. It was the captain and died at the very, very beginning in an accident. And they were going to build a cabin by a lake. And that's like her character is, is she sad? She's sad that her husband's dead. And they cannot build this cabin. <laughs> and they cannot build this cabin. And then, like, the, the cabin, you think I'm being, like, silly about this. They, that line of dialogue keeps coming back. Because Mike, Michael Fassbender also plays another android uh-huh. who was on their mission. Yep. And she's like, oh, will you help me build the cabin when we get there? Help me out. And they ca- keep talking about it. And that's kind of like a twist at the end. You find out, spoiler alert, that Michael Fassbender killed, like, uh, David killed the other android and, like, replaced him. And so he's on the ship at the end when you think it's the good one, except no one in the audience was fucking fooled. (laughs) Like, it's really obvious that that's going to be the twist. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's just, there's no real themes in it. There's nothing really interesting that kind of comes off from Prometheus. The Xenomorph shows up at, like, an hour and a half mark, but unlike in the original alien where they like spend all that time explaining who these characters are and making you care about them and like sad when they start dying and like building up interesting relationships and dynamics. It's just like, here are these guys. They're going off to get killed now. Goodbye everybody. By those characters. (laughs) What were their names? Who cares? What were they adding to the group? I'm like, oh yeah, you know Dallas. Dallas is the captain. He's trying to help save everyone. He's like the heroic, uh, typical male action lead. And so when he dies, it's like, oh my god, that's really surprising. Uh, here's Lambert. Lambert's like really panicky and scared, and you kind of want to protect her. She's sort of a shrieking violet, but she's still a good person. Here's Ash. Ash is really quiet and mysterious. I'm like, what's going on? Oh my God, Ash is a goddamn robot. And then they burn him. <laughs> and like, why is he attacking Ripley? Why is that weird milk stuff coming out of his mouth? Like, there's stuff that happens in that movie that like really only matters because you care about the characters. And then in this movie, that same kind of stuff happens. But it's like, I honestly couldn't tell you anything about any of the characters. It's like if somebody wanted to remake the first movie. Yeah, and then the only character who receives any sort of development is David, and almost all of his development, you have to have seen Prometheus in order to understand. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, And even then, there's like a lot of gaps. Like, the end of Prometheus and the beginning of Alien Covenant don't perfectly line up. And so it's like, well, where has he been? what's happened and you sort of see it in a flashback and it's like oh that was the resolution of that whole plot rhyme from prometheus like the way that prometheus ends without spoiling it for people who still haven't seen it the way that prometheus ends it's like okay well this is what the next movie is going to be about and then the next movie that whole plot line where it's like they're setting this up to be the next movie is a 10 second flashback that resolves nothing (laughs) (laughs) um and it is entirely pointless so it's just dull and boring and like a lot like just stupid horror tropes kind of thrown on top of each other um like the xenomorphs there it's like oh i I clapped when i saw it sort of a thing it doesn't add anything to the story it could have just literally been any other monster um and it kind of again 
if you've seen Alien, it's like, well, then how do they end up on LV426? Why are they there? <laughs> why, why, how did, did David make them? Did David go back to this other ship and just leave all these eggs there? Or are they something that already existed that he just found? It but just it sounds raises, like he's the creator. It just raises more questions. It, it just than raises weight. And it, it's questions that don't need to be raised. Yeah. Because again, like Prometheus was a mess of a movie and, and is definitely one of the weaker entries in the Alien series. But it at least attempted something different. And it did deal with themes. And, like, I could tell you who the characters were and, like, what their motivations were. And there's and one of the big problems with Prometheus is there were a whole lot of just, like, Ken fodder characters who were just there to fucking die. But they are at least established to a degree before they're killed. Except for, here's the crew of this ship. They're all couples. That makes you invested in them because they all love each other. Uh, if they're all... If, if someone dies, you're going to be sad because it's someone losing their partner. And then it's like, well, we don't, we don't know who they are. Actually, we don't care. We, we don't. <laughs> I mean, you need to give me some sort of investment into why they're there. Like, again, the main character's husband dies before he has a single line of dialogue. He dies before he comes out of the cryo chamber at the very beginning of the movie. And then the only time you actually see him is in like a video clip that she watches once where it's like, oh, I can't wait to climb this mountain with you. Let's build a log cabin. And that's like it. That's uh, all you know about their relationship. All right. So, all right. yeah, it's. All right. Well, that it was sounds really like sounds like a movie not to watch. Then. Yeah, don't watch that one. All right. Watch, or watch it watch if you want to watch. It. Yeah, watch Alien. If you want to watch a bad Alien movie, watch like Alien Three. Or like if you want to watch a really bad <laughs> but like kind of cheesy fun one, watch like Alien Resurrection. Not or, Aliens, the animated series. Or, <laughs> there are some comic books. Um, yeah, All but right. like yeah, don't don't. This one is probably. The, I would hesitate to call it the worst because I honestly do think that Alien Resurrection is like the worst, but it just adds nothing. It's like a straight up five on ten. It's a movie. It looks nice. I'll say that for it. As like every Ridley Scott movie, it looks really good. Okay. But it's completely pointless. Okay. Um, and I say that as someone who loves deep dives into the lore of the Alien universe. And, like, talking about this kind of stuff, it doesn't add anything, even for that. So if you were, or someone like me who really loved the series and for whatever reason didn't go see Covenant, you're eh, not missing anything. You're not missing much. If you're a completionist, maybe check it out. But all right, Alex, let's let's take it on home. All right. So we are on to the webcomic of the week. Um, the webcomic of this week is called Not a Villain. Um, it's honestly so... I'm starting to run out of comic uh, web comics that I really really like. Uh-huh. I'm getting into more like the, the second tier comics. Reed Aikwood. <laughs> um, but uh, Reed Aikwood. Oh my God! Shut up. Reed Aikwood and let, talk about let Aikwood. Alex talk. Okay. <laughs> let Alex talk about his so, web comic that he doesn't like that much. I mean, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that it doesn't grip me as much as the other ones. It 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 has some problems to it. Um, not a villain is a future kind of uh, story. Where the uh, the world it's kind of post apocalyptic, but it's post apocalyptic if like Second Life still existed. Uh-huh. <laughs> so doesn't it still exist? No, it still existed after the apocalypse. Oh yeah. So so like how in Ready Player One there's the the oasis the oasis. It's like that, but there you go outside like you get out of it and there's like radioactive wastelands 
there's a few cities that are like self-contained and bubbles and whatnot are okay but people live in the cities or they're outlanders and they live out there Outlander. and since because like the, the premise of this is that the the prospect of living out in the wastes is so mind-numbingly terrible that it is preferable to find a jack and jack yourself into the internet and just live in the internet. and just live in the internet even though the internet is a terrible place yeah uh it's called life it stands for something i don't know what um but it's l-i-f-e uh anyway the um it's like a virtual reality thing it's like uh second life you you know have your avatar and you can pay premium money to the to, to increase your whatever uh, and you can get jobs and shit and be paid actual money. Uh, but the big thing that everybody wants to be doing with is the game. Uh, the virtual game. It's like an MMO where everyone has a... Uh, they, they have a, a character and a class and they fight monsters. And people will vote you up and down depending on whether they like what they're seeing because it's all telecast. It's like a reality TV meets MMO meets sword art online or whatever the fuck oh god um <laughs> and the main character is clea uh who is a, a hacker from before times and it's later kind of revealed that she was actually the one that actually kind of caused the apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> oops. oops but she's trying to reform herself and so she's trying to be a good person hence the name she doesn't want to be a villain not mm. a villain um, and so she manages to try to, she, she tries practicing and, and testing and trying to get into the game to prove herself as a hero. And the, um, the people that are in charge of the cities, uh, the, the corporation Tenka, uh, which is also the corporation that kind of runs and owns life. Um, the, um, they are looking for her because they want to, you know, track her down and try her for her war crimes. Okay. Um, and uh, and so it's like it follows her, and it also follows one of her friends that is trying that is working for them, and is also trying to track her down, ostensibly working for the company, but also largely for his own, you know, interests of trying to find his friend and you know all that. Um, the the art is not very good, but it's it, there's a reason for it. Yeah. Uh, because there are three kinds of settings. There's the life setting, which is the pretty terrible artwork, but it's kind of implied that that is, like, the way that actually looks. Okay. Because then when you see reality, it looks, like, super detailed and realistic. Mm. And then you get the game, which is kind of detailed, but with cell shading. And so it's, like, these three different art styles yeah, yeah. all kind of clash. And so if you're unfamiliar with what's going on and you just look at it, it's like wow this looks super amateurish and maybe it was when it started but there's a reason for it um the it it, it does have problems besides that uh the the story tends to kind of i don't know how to explain it it, it kind of like dwells too much on the game when it should kind of focus a lot more, I think, on the outside realities mm -hmm. part of it. Uh, but maybe that's just me. Um, it can get a little boring at times. There's a lot of... It's very exposition heavy. Um, but, you know, it has an interesting... It has a, a unique kind of plot device to do, it. Does it take, like, ten pages to explain how you play Joust? No. Then it's already better than Ready Player One. Okay. Um, <laughs> Guys, you remember Joust? Yes, I fucking know how to play Joust, Ernest Klein. 
But, um... I know who Sarerak is! You don't have to explain it to me! Yeah. But, uh, but no, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting thing to check out. Check it out if, if that sounds like an interesting concept to you, but if you kind of drop out halfway through, I'm not going to blame you. Hey. Yeah. And, and one last thing before we go. As uh, we, here's the last thing. We, after... we, we, sorry, because I was going to talk about this earlier, but I, I kind of lost track of it when we were talking about the, um, we were talking about the change the channel thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Because we talked about, you know, the oftentimes, like, uh, toxic masculinity within geek culture and like white male privilege and geek culture and all this stuff. If you're interested in something like ready player one, that's like dealing with geek stuff and like making references like, Oh, there's a reference that I understand. And like, that's a thing that like is important to me and oh you know this too let's connect over that and i get that like that thing is that's that's a really great feeling and i like i said at the beginning i listened to the audiobook for ready player one and i kind of enjoyed it i didn't think it was any sort of great literature it wasn't life-changing or anything it was willy wonka and the chocolate factory where if every five pages they stopped to tell me about what the movie war games was about even though I've seen the movie, I don't need you to tell me about it. <laughs> um, if you want something like that, but better. And it's actually like, it, it it's about, it, it can teach you about racial solidarity uh, and uh, you know, understanding people of less privileged classes and groups in the United States. Go fucking read The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow. If that's what you want... Go read that book. Slow fucking clap. <laughs> because yes. that book is fucking incredible. What's it called again? The Brief, Brief Wondrous Life, Life of, of Oscar, Oscar Wow. Wow. We should do a book club episode. We should do a book. I'll have to reread read it. it. I'd have to read it again, and you'd have to have actually extra, read we it. We have extra copies. We have an extra okay. copy. Yeah. We actually have two, because I'm, I'm pretty sure I've got a digital copy as well. I mean, if we... And dear reader and dear listeners, if yeah. you guys want to read this with us, what, you um, want to say, I don't know, like a uh, couple of months from now, so, maybe? And yeah, you know so us personally. You can borrow yeah. a cup. Right? <laughs> so all of our readers. If you're one of the three people that listen to the show. We've only got like um, one other more extra copy, though, so, so act fast. So our next episode's going to come out on the 26th. Um, and that episode, I vote for dedicating it to uh, The Love Witch. The Love Witch, okay. Um... Because that needs some unpacking. We need time to read the book, um, And too. everybody needs time to read the book. I got... So. Uh, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I have, like, five books in my roster. No, this, no, 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 no. This goes up to the top. Like, trust me. Like, this one's really fucking... Let me at least finish the one I'm on no. right now. <laughs> no. You read, you read The Brief and Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow by um, we could, Juan if, Diaz. If we, if, uh, if we want to do it, there is a short story version of it. We could just no, read the short story. Oh, that's for cheaters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what it was originally. Well, okay, I, I can put it next, like, after the one I'm reading now. But let okay. me please well, finish well, the why, one. Why I'm don't we, well, here, how about this? I, I how about this? How about this? We'll tweet it out when okay. we're going to be talking right. about okay. it. So that if people want to read up on it. Or if you want to find the short story version of it, there's like a like a 20-page version of this same story. Um, the novel expands a lot on it, but it, I mean, the short story is just as good. Right. And um, speaking of our Twitter, you can find our Twitter at... Uh, I don't remember what it is because I never <laughs> use it. Alex? <laughs> what is our Twitter? <laughs> you can... Some, uh, some nerd cast. Some, okay, wait, so some nerds pod. Is some nerds... Some nerds pod. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, uh, follow along. So, next episode is going to be about the Love Witch... 
um, and us deconstructing the Love Witch. Along uh, with anything else. Along with anything along else with that anything pops else up. anything else that we generally talk about. I'll probably talk um, about more anime, because now I'm apparently back in anime again. Okay, That's I'm trying to make our listeners believe that we actually have our shit together, okay? <laughs> I so... don't think anything that we could say would make them believe that. <laughs> They've heard this entire episode, at least. There's nothing we can say now. If they've gotten 16 episodes in. Um, <laughs> Even if they just got to the end of this episode, it's obvious. All right, so watch the Twitter. We'll tweet out the date that we're going to do. Uh, what out do you want out? You know. Diaz, you know. You know. Diaz. The book that we just the talked about. The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar, Oscar Wilde. Wilde. Uh, we'll give you guys at least a month to read it. Um, if you know any of us in person, <laughs> we do hit have us up one for extra, well, extra copy. Um, or check out the short story of it, or there's these things called libraries. Li- libraries, yeah. You that can let you get take books out for, for free. free. Uh, libraries? Um, a library. So you could go to the library. Library. Uh, and, and pick up this book. So Girl, we do not just you... hear me say library? <laughs> <laughs> Stop quoting things. No. Um, so we'll give you guys at least a month to read it, um, and then we'll have a book discussion, and also you can... If you guys have any questions that you want us to discuss or opinions, you can add us on Twitter at some nerds pod. You can send us an email at some nerds have an email at gmail.com. Once again, that is some nerds have an email at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at some nerds have a fan page. Yep. So if you are on Facebook, which you probably are because Mark Zuckerberg is <laughs> everything. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, which another day we'll have to we will have to have to uh, talk about his Senate hearing. His Senate hearing. His <laughs> yeah. goddamn Senate hearing. Um, God, senators don't know anything about the internet. Okay. Uh, okay. We're gonna yeah. call it an episode it. now. Okay, they're, they're, they're just, I think I'm out, and you guys keep bringing me back in. All right, All right so be on Facebook. Um, check it out on Facebook. Message us through Facebook as well. You can also do that. Um, but you know, if there's anything you guys want us to cover. Let us know if there's any questions. If you want to tell us that we're horrendously wrong about something, feel free. Oh, I know we've been horrendously wrong. We've been horrendously wrong. I know. We're probably horrendously wrong in this episode. I know I've personally been. Yeah. I know I have Alex, personally Alex, been Alex. completely wrong. Alex was completely wrong this episode, but I already corrected him, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah, it's, fine. Okay. <laughs> it's usually Fair. when I'm editing these things that I realize just how wrong I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So, yeah, I think that's an episode. That's All an right. episode. All so, right. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And this has been Some Nerds Have a Podcast. podcast.